Hey, where do you folks think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas podcast featuring my longtime GFOP, the wonderful Aaron Velarde. No, no, we are all in this together. This is a full-blown, four-alarm, holiday emergency podcast. We're going to press on, and we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny f***ing K. And when Santa squeezes his fat, white ass down that chimney tonight, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse. This is the Uticast, episode 287, and it's Christmas. Oh, yes. You'll have to correct me if mm. we talked about this on the podcast last week or if I talked about this with you in person mm. since last week. Okay. Did I talk to you about on the podcast about the dull cheese grater thing? Or was that off the air? The idea that we have a box cheese grater that I think is dull, but I've never thought about it before because I never thought cheese graters needed sharpening. I don't think they do. They don't, because that's my theory, right? I don't think they do. People buy a box grater. You have been, yeah, you've been yeah. having some feelings yeah. and thoughts about box graters and, yeah. like, cutting tools. Well, I just think about it because, like, with the box grater, I grate a lot of cheese, right? Yeah, For yeah. quesadillas or pizzas or nachos or sure. whatever the fuck ever. whatever you do. So, um, I've noticed when you get to the end of the cheese, mm-hmm. <laughs> that last little chunk, Yeah. you know, it's no good. Slicing my finger, you know what I mean? Like, smacking your finger against it because you're trying to make sure it doesn't just... Mash up against the side. Wait, I think it's... so. So you don't know the rule. What's the rule? That cheese is for you. No, I know that. That I last know, little nub of cheese that you can't shred anymore. That's no, that's little little treat for you for being the one uh, who shreds the cheese. I think. But I guess the point I'm getting at is cheese I never... mongers. Cheese mongers. The cheese crew. <laughs> uh, but I guess what I'm getting at is, um, I never thought about the idea that like, oh yeah, I got just got to buy a cheese grater every year mm. because they get. Beat. I don't think you have to. Not every year, but that's... you might as well. They're cheap uh, enough. People's grandparents got. That's how they get you. No, that no, because that's how they get you. You're walking around Target, and you're like, oh, shit, 14 bucks. I got 14 Whoa. bucks. That cheese grater did not cost $14. No way. Probably cost 10 That one? That's not know. a bad cheese grater. That would have been a hand-me-down cheese grater, which makes it even duller. Oh, no, I remember purchasing that. Is that when you bought? Yeah, yeah. Well, the other idea I was getting at, and I was, the reason I was thinking about it is uh, when I was making coffee before the pod, I think this percolator... Need sharpening if you get my drift. You know what I mean? It's, I think it's gotten to the end. Do you of it. mean this seven hundred year old artifact? That this is the second percolator I'm making the coffee. This yeah. is the second percolator. The first percolator exploded. Oh, uh, here, came, here, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was work. I was a kitchen appliance exploded in my own home, and I don't recall it. You were not here. Interesting. I was making coffee in the morning, uh-huh. and the this is a really odd intro to this week's Christmas episode. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and you know, if you ever have a percolator at your house, it has the the top piece that goes in the top, and then the little handle. You don't know what a percolator is? That's that thing that your grandparents probably made coffee with. Made coffee your child. with. So I I put the coffee on. I went out to the store. Mm-hmm. I was like, when I get back from the store, coffee will be done. I'll have nice hot fresh coffee. I come mm. back from the store. Yeah, yeah. Right. I come back, and what had happened in the interim was the the handle had. Flown off under the pressure mm. 
and now coffee was spewing out of the top like Old Faithful, like a geyser. Oh, man. All, all over the cabinet and all over the floor. What keeps you away from the regular coffee machine with the pot? The drip. I don't care for the drip pot. I've never liked the drip pot. A drip pot feels like something I would see in a break room at, like, some crappy job I worked. That's what it reminds me so, of. So you're, okay, so you've got, like, PTSD on. Yeah, coffee. on, like, I understand. bullshit. I understand. Like, Everybody's uh, had a pot. bad drip machine at bad jobs they've had. Also, coffee purists are going to come out here and be like, oh, you should be using a French press, or you should be using, like, always the, nice the pour-through thing. You know the pour-through? Also, through? always nice when you get the time. Yeah. yeah. But I'm usually making coffee in bulk. <laughs> Which it's is true, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the pod, folks. It's uh, episode 287 mm-hmm. Despite this conversation, it is our Christmas episode. You know, kind of fitting, though, because since it doesn't really feel like Christmas this year, it's kind of fitting that the Christmas episode is just us discussing the nuances of coffee machines. I, uh, of course, am your... Cheesemonger tips. Cheesemonger tips, coffee machines. Folks, I am your host uh, and producer, Sam Pamelaro, joined, as always, by uh, the spirit of Christmas future, Kevin Sullivan. The spirit of Christmas future, <laughs> man. Put a lot of expectations to me. Present? Yeah. Past? I don't know. Who All you... three. All three, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, Kevin, it is Christmas week. It is December twenty first, which is crazy. Which is which crazy. is crazy. Like as soon as we get done taping this week, I've got to try to go out and make some tactical strikes of some spots. I'm not really excited about going out and being in public with high crowds, but there's a few items that you know have to be. Yeah, yeah. I have. So let me ask you this question because I have a small little list here. Which what, what would you rate from one to ten your level of done in terms of Christmas shopping? Oh God. Um... I, numbers can be so constraining. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a very fluid situation. Um, always with me. I've talked about it now every Christmas yeah. episode on this show. I spend more time formulating a plan and thinking and then going over my plan, seeing what I'm doing. Then when it's time to buy, mm-hmm. I just go out and, and strike. Smash. Yeah, I yeah, try yeah, to get it done as quickly as awesome. I can. Get in, get out. Seal Team 6 out here yeah. at, the, at the local Target and TJ Maxx or whatever it might be. But... Um, I would say, in my mind, I've got a few people kind of lingering out on the edges. Yeah. You know, Christmas is obviously a little bit different this year in the sense, too, that, you know, a lot of people haven't been working, you know. Yeah, for sure. A lot of different things like that. Everybody's tightening their belts a lot this Christmas year, too, and, you know, mm-hmm. figuring out what's going on. But um, pretty close. Pretty close. We'll see We'll see how it goes. Today will be a big day to see where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I woke up, I went to bed last night, relatively early, thinking to myself, okay, I am about 85% done. Mm. Doesn't include wrapping. I mean, right. shopping. A couple yeah, yeah. fringe things here and there left to get. I got to go actually put together some stuff. And then I made a small little list and realized that I'm farther behind than I thought. Here's mm-hmm. what I got left to get. I got to get one Maiden Utica gift box. Mm-hmm. I have to get two different gift cards mm-hmm. from each of my nieces. Mm-hmm. I need to get one bottle of whiskey. Damn. One bottle of vodka. Mm-hmm. And I totally forgot about this one. I need to find two white elephant Christmas gifts. Like two oh, that's easy. Gag gifts. That's so easy. Like five below or something. You just wrap up shit from around the house. What do you mean? Like that's, we that's do the have whole. A lot of, yeah, any kind of thing. There's so knick-knacks. much miscellaneous. Like not even just like yeah, any kind of thing that you want anywhere. You got a bowl you don't fancy anymore. <laughs> send it off. You got a chipped coffee mug that you won't drink out of, but it still got charm. No, white elephant. Yeah, you're yeah. good on that. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what I have left. That's where my head's at. And then when you go. Uh, shopping today, I will probably wrap your gift, which I almost did last week, mm. uh, and then pulled out because you came back to the house and I had to scramble. <laughs> I was like, "No, don't look at any of this stuff." Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Uh, also, I just want to point. Uh, I just want to share this this week with you guys. Um, so, my I have you know Christmas coming up this week. My mom's real concerned about Christmas and what we're gonna do. Yeah, yeah. Just so, like a lot of people are. A lot of people are. So my mom said to me on 
Friday. She calls mm-hmm. me in the morning. She says, hey, I'm going to go and get a COVID test. And I go, okay, where are you going to go? She goes, oh, I don't know. I was going to go to urgent care, but I don't want to wait in line outside. Yeah, yeah. Now, I had just happened to have been outside, like mm-hmm. in the car. So I said, well, listen, I just drove by there. There's nobody in line. So if you want to go, I will accompany you. I will accompany with you to the COVID test, right? Yeah. So we went and we got the, we go in there. And I got to say, you know, all the folks over at Urgent Care, great job, great system they got working mm-hmm. on over there. It was really straightforward, really easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, went in there, got the, and they give you like a ske- uh, scheduled time to come back. You come back, they give you the test, you're in and out in like five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then 25, 30 minutes later, you can wait in your car if you want. You can go back and get the results. Bing, bang, boom. Right? Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Which is wild, by the way. Crazy that you can get those results so fast. Like, tech, medical technology, what a world. Right? Uh, anyhow, so I got the test. And I am negative. Uh, it was not as as horrible as I've been led to believe. It's not. I'm telling you, it's not the other test. It's not the other test. That's I've, ta- I've, I've talked to... Everybody I know who's taken the other test were like, yeah, I took the first test. I'm like, oh, it wasn't so bad. I got it back rapid. It was kind of tough, but I didn't have it. Then they all took that second test, and every single one of them without fail is like, oh, my God, it's horrifying. It's horrible, horrible. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely horrible. This test that I took was not so bad. Yeah, yeah. Totally straightforward. Uh, the rapid some... response tests aren't bad, and they're doing a great job at the Urgent Care is cranking them awesome. out. I know I've heard people who um, had a lot of success out in Herkimer, too, where it's you know a little bit less mm. populated, a little bit stuff like yeah. that, people getting them out. So. Uh, and this is not... Uh, Again, I think they did a great job. So I go back in mm-hmm. okay, to get the results. And there's about two people in front of me. Guy in front of me, six feet in front of me, right? And then a guy inside, right, in the little doorway. Yeah. So the first guy in front of me goes in, and now I'm standing in the doorway, and I'm looking in. And then I go inside. So now I'm standing inside, away from this guy mm-hmm. who's at getting his results. And the lady gives him his results, and he's positive. And now I'm like, wearing the mask. <laughs> In the room, waiting for my results, looking at the guy, and we're having like a a Western standoff about, mm-hmm. how, to, about how to respond. Like he turns around, he looks at me. I look at him, my eyes are like wide open. I'm like, oh god! I'm like, uh. I just turned around and faced the wall, like the end of the Blair Witch Project. Uh, <laughs> just stayed. <in> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I stood in the corner. I was like, go ahead, buddy. After you. He oh like, man! So then I like I walked up to a vague distance away from the table, and I was like, "So what's the story?" Dude, I would have gotten. I, was, I would. You were waiting in there. I would have been waiting in there. I, I didn't know. Just, folks call me on the damn phone. I'm not even coming to the building. <laughs> like that's uh, that's what you know. You got to get to the one where you drive right up. They take the test up, through yeah. your window, and then you go park. Well, they go do yeah. their business, and then you receive a phone call. Yeah, but this guy. Like the, the the social contract that me and this guy had to go through, staring at each other from a distance across the room, being like, "This man is positive." <laughs> Did they? I don't I don't know about the newest season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, but I need to see some Curb Your Enthusiasm episodes in the the coronavirus world. Oh my god, yeah, no, the, we the pandemic lockdown. Larry David is. <laughs> I'm here for it. Uh, just a quick shout out to a few folks. Uh, first off. My aunt across the street who dropped us off some Christmas cookies to help us get in the spirit. Man, oh man. Yeah, There's yeah. one thing about being half Italian on one side. Them Italian they throw a lot of weird looking mothers cookies at you. and grandmothers. A lot of weird looking cookies coming through. Woo! So good. And the second shout out before we get into this week's actual news, quote unquote. Mm, sure. Uh, Josh Allen, quarterback of the Buffalo Bills wow. for the first time wow. since 1995. The Buffalo Bills have won the AFC East. It is not in my, uh, in my nature to brag. And I do not believe that the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. 
I think that they will win maybe one playoff round and lose in the next round afterwards. Mm. But that being said, very proud of my beloved Buffalo Bills for the first time in 25 years that I actually have a team that can say champions of the AFC East. Uh, congratulations to you. You know what I mean? It's It's been a long time, a long struggle for Bills fans, and you know you guys haven't had anything Nothing. to be excited about in <laughs> Ter- years. Terrible. Years and decades, frankly. So I, It's one of those things when people, like people I know who are not Bills fans will bring it up to me now. Like my stepdad, when I talk to him, he's like, oh, these Bills, what do you think? <laughs> I'm like, I don't uh, People from my, my brother-in-law from Chicago, mad at me because the Bears stink. I'm like, yeah, well, my bad. Uh, all right, that's it I have for any top end notes before we get news. Anything you want to say before we get into this week's news? Uh, say about what? No. I'll, 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 oh. I'll continue to make statements I guess we're, the show. I guess we're 11 minutes in. I might as well bring it up. Uh, what will we be doing today? I'm really excited about this today for our Christmas special. Yeah. Our good friend Aaron Velarde joining us here today. I'm so mm. excited. Aaron's been on the show before. Uh, one of my favorite people. One of my dearest, oldest friends. So Aaron has been getting at me for about a week and a half now because apparently mm. he makes a ton of top ten lists. Of it's Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> he, he does. He does like to discuss a personal top ten. He loves a top ten. So he sent me a list. Of all the stuff he wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. to which I said, "Oh my God, that's a lot of stuff." I, <laughs> I gotta do some. Research. I gotta do some research. So we're essentially doing. I don't know if we're calling it the Christmas lists or the mm. Christmas Oscars or whatever we're calling it. Christmas Oscars is weird. If it's gonna be a top ten list, well, Christmas to Oscars. Oscar. Well, hear me out with Christmas Oscars because okay. these are the categories he gave me. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Top five movies. Uh-huh. Top five actors in Christmas movies. <laughs> Top five actresses in Christmas movies. Mm. Top five scenes in Christmas movies. And then top five Christmas songs. So it felt like a weird Academy Awards style thing. So I was like, mm. oh yeah, Christmas Oscars. It's a bunch of top fives, I see. A bunch of top fives, what we'll be doing. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into a whole bunch of stuff. But that should be a lot of fun. It'd be great. It's always one of the nice things about, uh, you know, we've done a lot of Christmas shows now over the years that we've been doing this. And it's always fun around Christmas time to just sort of be like, ah, yeah, these are just like our friends and family. And we're just going to be oh, yeah. having a good time. Well, every year for Christmas, I mean, my sister's... Uh, my sister one year, like my mom has yet to come on, has she? Yeah, no. <laughs> We're not supposed to talk about her on the show, I don't think. She would, you know what it is? She probably would be amazing. Her oh, stuff, she'd be All the stuff that she's done over her lifetime, teaching and growing up in the Utica School District and growing up here and like, yeah. you know, parents yeah, of, yeah. all that stuff would be amazing. Mm. She would be too sweet and humble to tell all the interesting, cool stories that she would tell otherwise. You know what mm. I'm saying? She wouldn't, I don't know if she would feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. But she's her her pod would be amazing. You might be you might be like too close. I think if you were interviewing her, she'd just be evangelizing well, you, want, you. You want to interview her? No, that's not me. <laughs> Maybe we'll have Heather do it. That, yeah, that'll Heather be Heather's return. Mom. We'll send Heather up to your mom's house and oh, she can do man. the interview, the sit down, get the real dirt. Yes, yeah, so. baby Sammy. How come you let him frost his tips, Angel? People. Want oh my God! I begged her. <laughs> uh, so let's get into some uh, some Christmas ish news this week. I tried to be pretty upbeat with the news for the most part, but hey. there's some upbeat downbeat stuff. Uh, So for folks who are listening to this 13 minutes in, if it is still Monday by the time you hear this, so if you're one of those people who when the show uploads at like 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, just listens to the podcast, I first off, I commend you. Uh, Second of all, uh, go outside because right now the two largest planets in our solar system are coming closer together than they Mm. have been since the Middle Ages. Mm. And it's happening just in time for Christmas, hence the nickname the Christmas Star, which is what it's called when Jupiter and Saturn align mm. in the sky. Mm. It's not an actual star. The two planets will certainly make a bright splash in the night sky. On the night of December 21st, the winter solstice, uh, Jupiter and Saturn will appear so closely aligned in our sky that they will look like a double planet. 
this close approach ah, this close approach is known as conjunction the fact that this event is happening during the winter solstice is pure coincidence according to nasa mm. or so they say right uh, so if you like astronomy stuff, I thought this was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go outside, take a look at Saturn and Jupiter. It's always interesting when something happens in astronomy like this that works on a time scale. Like, mm. oh yeah, this hasn't happened in 800 years and it won't happen in 800 years again. That, that's always, it's always interesting. So alignments between these two planets are rather rare, occurring once every 20 years or so, but the conjunction is exceptionally rare because of how close the planets will appear to one another. You have mm. to go all the way back to just before dawn on March 4th, 1226 mm. to see a closer alignment between the objects visible in the night sky. What's the, I, I don't know if you said it uh, on the on the read, what's it, what can you see with the naked eye? Do you need a telescope? So can from you just be out there? The picture I've seen from the naked eye looks like two close stars, bright stars in the distance. It's best seen at oh, yeah, uh, okay. sunlight, uh, as, uh, at dusk, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Okay. But yeah, so check out the Christmas star if it's not already Tuesday by the time you hear this. Yeah. So it stays up there. <laughs> uh, also this week, folks, should prepare uh, for a Christmas week storm that is sweeping the U.S. with flooding, snow, strong thunderstorm, and damaging winds. Not super excited for a Christmas storm. Is, I that, like, is that us? Uh, this is a lot of the West Coast right now, but I've heard East Coast oh. is also going to get it too, man. Up the Gulf Coast as well, severe thunderstorms and flooding. So, mm. I don't know. We should prepare ourselves for some nasty weather, it looks like, at least through upstate New York. That, you know what? You know what? Give me that white Christmas. Give it to me. Give me three feet. We're locked down. We can't go anywhere. I can't see my family. I just paid way too much money for my Jeep at the shop. Give me that snow. Give me the snow. You know who's not saying uh, give me the snow is this poor driver in Owego, New York. You know where Owego, New York is? Uh, not Oswego. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's near Binghamton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sounds about right. One of those places where I feel like I've passed the signs yeah. on like interstates and stuff like that. Earlier this week, a poor driver in Oligo, New York, was buried beneath the snow for 10 hours when a plow butted up against the side of the snow and mm. trapped him inside of his car. Mm. He had to call 911 from inside of his car, but he was having a hard time connecting. Yep. So first responders were only able to narrow the call to a three-mile stretch along Jeez. the Susquehanna River. Uh, yeah, so apparently they did, the 58-year-old driver was stranded without heat and was treated for hypothermia and frostbite, but he will presumably be okay. This is the stuff that they talk about when they say why, in order to, like, be properly prepared driver, why you should keep, like, an extra couple blankets in oh, your yeah. trunk and stuff like that in the wintertime and everything, because you never know what might happen to you. It doesn't do anything to you to keep a quilt in your backseat of your trunk. It doesn't hurt. Just toss it in there. You never know what can happen. You know, and we get snow here, for sure, but we don't get snow like some places get snow. And also... Mm-hmm. We can, and I see a lot of people complaining about the plows out here. Like, you ever see New York City when snow actually falls? It's mm. a madhouse. It's a people, dystopian people are nightmare. What are, wait, what are people? <laughs> tell me, what are people complaining about with the plows? Because I haven't I think seen. The plows, I stay away. You I, know. I think the plow argument is essentially like, why aren't there more plows? Like, why don't we not have more plows? And why does it take so long I'm, for the plows to get to the neighborhoods? Because uh, we don't have any money. Because everybody wants mm. to. Because everybody wants to to weep. Weep about you know how how taxed we are and how you know like city budget and all this different stuff and certainly we could reallocate funds in a lot of different directions. Sure. We're spending dumb money in dumb places that could definitely be reallocated towards something like a DPW or various different places like that. I'm sure there's solutions to look at, but like at the end of the day, because we don't have any money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, like I, you can't. You know, the city the city can't pay the people to go over. Like that's part of the. Ne- 
this world of like modern convenience we lived in has got people to be like, well, it snowed, so my street should be plowed right now. Yeah. It's not the way it works. Like a city, any city with a, you can't just have one thousand plow workers to get everybody dug out within ninety minutes of the snow falling. Like, grow up. This is like an old guy take. Grow up. This is like an old guy take. I kind of like when we get snowed in because I, love it. I like I love using it. the snowblower and blowing up and down the street and helping out the neighbors and stuff and like shoveling off the Great old. Great chance to be out there. <laughs> Literally not for nothing. Right around us, yeah. we have a lot of we, there's a, a lot, lot of houses yeah. where it's like single old ladies yeah. who live there in the sure. house who can't go out and do that stuff. And it's always nice, you know, talk a lot about going out to help the community. But that's a really direct, like, yeah, I can go out here and help and do this thing. Like, God, how many times in the past, you know, mm. were like you and me and Cliff and Justin in the street pushing cars because our street's not great in the winter. Well, we had that one snow. Oh my God! Four of us were out there. It was wild. We went to war that day. <laughs> it was quite a day. Oh the my snow God. was angry that day, my <laughs> friends. <laughs> so uh, this is a list from uh, Late 98.7 I found that was interesting. Mm. So seven traditions to guarantee a great 2021 and leave 2020 in the dust. These are different traditions from around the world that people mm. use to ensure a prosperous new year. Mm. So in, uh, in China, they say that opening all your doors and windows makes certain that the old year leaves and the new one is welcome mm. freely. So at midnight on New What's Year's Eve... What's the temperature in China at midnight on New Year's Eve? <laughs> it's a great question. That's what I'd like to know. It's very cold here, so I can't yeah, imagine... That's what I'd like to that. know. Uh, apparently making I mean, lots large of... Large country, various temperatures. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently making lots of noise. Why we use those noisemakers? The reason, apparently, is that turns out evil spirits don't like loud noises. Mm. So you can chase them out of the windows. Then how did the devil invent rock and roll? False next. That's a great point. That's a great point. <laughs> uh, you're supposed to hang a lemon in your doorway, apparently, because mm. evil spirits don't like lemons mm. or uh, or noise. Lemons mm. are rock music, so there yeah. you go. Uh, don't throw anything away on New Year's Day. You may be cleaning up after your party, but don't throw anything away. It reportedly sets up a vibe for a new year of leaving or loss. What does that mean? Mm. Apparently you're supposed to wear white in Brazilian tradition. They said you're supposed to wear... Uh, wearing white gives you good luck mm. and peace in the new year. And then, of course, in Denmark, you're supposed to smash a plate. Uh, people go around breaking dishware on the doorsteps of their friends and family. The more shards there in front of your house the next day, the luckier and more well-liked you are. I, I don't understand, Siege. <laughs> how much... What type of money... We, you know what? We can bring this back. You read all these articles about how millennials don't want their parents' old China and we're inheriting all this cheap China. We got no space for it. Let's bring back the plate breaking. And this is the last one I saw in you here. You see me coming by the house. I'm breaking a plate. Uh, this is another tradition from Denmark. Apparently, at the stroke of midnight, they stand on a chair and then jump into the new year, which mm. sounds like something Michael Scott would do. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, it does. It's a jump into the new year, man. More of a leap year episode. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so there we go. Uh, all right, so there's some tips for New I guess we could do that next week, I guess, but whatever. I thought they were kind of funny. Uh, yeah, wait, there was all this New Year stuff on the Christmas episode? Man, I just thought, I thought it was interesting. Wow, the holidays. Uh, so do you want to do some real news today? Sure. Some actual news? Sure. Uh, as of early this morning, Congress reached a deal on a $900 billion COVID-19 mm. relief package. Uh, this is a quote from Mitch McConnell from NBC News. Uh, More help is on the way, Mitch McConnell said. Moments ago... In consolation with our committee, the four leaders of the Senate and House finalized an agreement. The agreement includes stimulus checks, uh, checks of up to $600 per person for individuals earning $75,000 per year or uh, less. Uh, and then it also provides relief for the jobless, including the extension of unemployment insurance and federal unemployment insurance bonus of $300 per week. Yeah, for so, 11 weeks. For 11 weeks. Mitch McConnell can fuck all the way off. 
uh, and pretend that pretend that they did. I mean, we, we try not to get. I try not to dive too too far into sure. into politics on yeah. this show, and it doesn't always work, right? But you know, for as much as a lot of people like to just uh, suspend the the need to think or learn about anything any more deeply, and just be like, oh, both sides are bad, both sides are bad. Sure, both sides do bad stuff, whatever. Sometimes, um, but this situation specifically, the the Democrats, the Democrats have put through a couple different bills going as far back as May yeah. to get direct relief out to the people. That's not a laughable amount of a one-time six hundred dollar payment and then three hundred dollars a week for ten, eleven weeks. And every single time, the Republicans have voted it down specifically because Mitch McConnell wants to include protection for all businesses, so mm-hmm. that they can't, so you can't sue a business if they make you go to work for like, and you know basically go against COVID protocols. So protection for those businesses. And also they want to make it so that the Fed can't use emergency relief funds, basically tying Biden's hands to help fix the economy next year, which is just punitive, partisan, disgusting, and completely in line with everything McConnell's ever done. So the Grinch can fuck all the way off for Christmas because I'm done. Yeah, just no. Yeah, the one thing I saw a lot of people jumping on today <clears throat> was uh, the – Three martini business lunch tax break. Did you read mm-hmm. about this? Yep. Uh, the full one hundred percent. Yeah, it, it's a it's a joke. The whole thing is a joke. I mean, to even pretend like uh-huh. to even pretend like you know that these people care mm-hmm. about regular folks in America is is uh, is just disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns my stomach. If you want like, a good know. if you want a good example for why we shouldn't be bailing out like a lot of these corporate entities, uh, we've talked about this story. But earlier this week, Tyson Foods fired seven of their plant managers over their betting ring on workers getting COVID nineteen. This was like a story that was pretty popular. Now fire them. Yeah, fire them. Now yeah, fire, yeah, fire them. them. But like, but Mitch McConnell would have it so that you would not be able to. This company wouldn't be held in libel for. Well, like, certainly, and even when we look at bailouts, we look at the first round. Um, you know, the the when we first put the COVID relief act into mm-hmm. place in April or. May or whatever it was in this crazy year and even the numbers you know all these all the different large companies and different airlines who got you know huge amounts of bailout money dwarfing what we had what we gave to regular citizens in this country and they used it for stock buybacks and the fed juiced the stock market so these people made a ton of money and then still Hmm. laid off people at their companies i mean you've got you know airlines and different companies made record profits Mm -hmm. this year people made record profits this year and more and more people are facing layoffs and jobs. Like at the end of the day, it's not about it's not about economics. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. Oh, here's a quick numbers thing for you. Uh, number of New Yorkers hospitalized with the coronavirus has risen to its highest levels mm-hmm. uh, since mid-May. State figures released Saturday show six thousand two hundred and eight people are hospitalized with the virus in New York, largest number since May fifteenth. So there you go. That's where we are. I saw I saw somebody say something the other day. I got a question. I'll phrase it as a question to you. Sure, I love it. If somebody told you that there was, if I gave you a ball and there was a hundred M and M's in the ball, mm-hmm. and two of them would kill you dead, and the other ninety eight percent of the M and M's in the bowl would be just fine for you, mm-hmm. would you eat any M and M's out of that bowl? I have an important additional question. Whatever kind. Are these peanut, peanut, peanut M&M's? Whatever kind. <laughs> peanut or regular? Because regular kind. No, I, I, no. The answer Just is no. Just a philosophical question no, for you. No, the you answer is no. Right. One out of every hundred, if one out of every hundred planes, or if two out of every hundred planes exploded, well, nobody would take flights anymore. It's sort of like the cold, you see this with a lot of like mm. fake Twitter accounts that started like last month that sure. put this take on the world. It's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. oh, the herd immunity bullshit. It's like, if you believe in herd immunity, then you're okay with like a million people dying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's okay for you. 
right? Like you're, you're. It's just part of the way it goes, right? Yeah. The callousness mm-hmm. that I see for people just being like, people are gonna die. Shrug shoulders emoji I, is very sickening I, to me. I would. I can I can find my way to sometimes to respecting viewpoints that I disagree with. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I can understand that a lot of times. I would respect that viewpoint more if somebody's like, listen, at the end of the day, the best thing for us to do, the cold, disconnected, and somebody wanted to present that case, mm-hmm. even if I didn't agree with it, I can I can respect your viewpoint where you're coming yes. from, what you see. But that becomes um, hypocritical trash when you hear it coming out of the same people who pretend to be pro-life. Mm-hmm. Like, people want to talk about, oh, I'm pro-life, I'm pro-life, we should have herd immunity and three million people should be dead. Yeah. It's just like, it's trash. It's just garbage. You know, I, I, it's tough to even entertain it in a serious matter. Uh, if you want something a little more uplifting, here's an interesting yeah, article. Yeah, please lift me back up. Merry Christmas. <laughs> so this is a uh, this is an article. Merry from... Christmas. You're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is an article from the Guardian today that I thought was pretty good. Uh, uh. It's from Jessica Glenza, and it's about mm. an uh, epidemiologist who looks to the past to predict the second post-pandemic Roaring Twenties. Mm. The idea that essentially, like, when we move past this. Yo. We'll be talking about an era, hopefully, mm-hmm. of like uplift and economic excitement, right? As a obvious return from the fall that we're in right now, mm-hmm. right? Like just the natural cycle of how bad things are. Mm-hmm. If we could start getting to a better place, what it could actually mean for like the economy and for people, right? Yeah. So I won't dig into every piece of this article. It's on cool. The Guardian. It's free. But mm-hmm. the article is called Epidemiologist Looks to the Past to Predict Second Post-Pandemic Roaring Twenties. It's uh, mm-hmm. it was pretty good. I enjoyed reading it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, here's another really good article that I we've already gone too long, but this is a, something that people have been talking about this week from a couple different sources. I'm reading the CBS News source here. Uh, a new paper earlier this week from the King from King's College in London mm. examined 18 developing countries from Australia to the United States over a 50-year period from 1965 to 2015. The study compared countries that passed tax cuts in a specific year, such as in the United States, 1982, when President Reagan mm-hmm. slashed taxes on the wealthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the long story short here is this article essentially disproves trickle-down economics. <laughs> what a surprise, guys! Based on the research, we could argue that the economic rationale for keeping taxes on the rich low is weak, Julian Lindbergh. Always been weak. (laughs) Always been weak. (laughs) In fact, if we look back into history, the period with the highest taxes on the rich, the post-war period, were also the period with high economic growth and low unemployment. Mm. Uh, Again, I will not dig into this whole article here, but there's a million places that are covering this story. I found that on CBS News and Washington Post. Again, yeah. What a surprise. No one it never trickled down. Uh, like, water is wet, the sky is... But what a... <laughs> uh, I had... Uh, let, I'm gonna, here's a Christmas present for you all. I had one non-serious Trump story, and we're going to blow right past it. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> you want to talk about Biden instead? Oh, uh, sure. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> President-elect Joe Biden this week, uh, on Saturday, actually, rolled out his nominees for key climate and energy posts, touting his team as the right group to lead the government's ambitious, quote-unquote, plan to address climate change. Uh, I'll say this, you know, I know a lot of people on the left, on the super far left, don't love Joe Biden for a couple different reasons. Mm-hmm. They find him too centrist. I feel like at least I'm happy that the conversation coming out of the president-elect's mouth is like, climate change is real, and we're going to try and prioritize fixing it, and not like, you know, stand up for the Proud Boys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just on a simple level, like, whether or not I absolutely love Joe Biden, or I would ever wear a Joe Biden t-shirt, I'm just glad sure. that this sounds like real conversation. Yeah, I mean, it's, just, nice, it's nice to be headed back to the point where you have an adult in a leadership role who's going to appoint serious people and be serious about doing the job, mm-hmm. you know? 
Uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, I have one last Joe Biden thing, but it's less serious. Jim Carrey earlier this week announced that he will step down mm. from his role as Joe Biden on yeah, set. Yeah, he's, he's not going to stay out there every week for four years. That makes sense. Uh, I gotta say, I don't have any real issue with him. I just did not think he was very good at it. Yeah, he, I didn't, he was, it was, I would argue, I thought he was compelling. I thought it was interesting to watch. I think he's always interesting to watch, mm-hmm. but I could, I feel like I couldn't really get, when you're doing a caricature or a parody of somebody on a sketch show like that, um, I, I couldn't really tell what he was getting at. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really tell what he was trying to, like, make fun of or whatever. Uh... So, I'll give you a couple. This is a list. I saw top ten political impressions from SNL. Maya Rudolph as Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chevy Chase as Gerald Ford. That one misses me. I don't care about that one. I, that's, I don't, that's way before my time, yeah. though. Uh, Anybody who pretends to care about that is just an, an SNL hipster. Uh, Matt Damon Matt Damon as Brett Kavanaugh might be Electric. one of the funniest things I've ever done. Will Ferrell as Janet Reno. Okay, sure. I wish I wish they would do more comedy with Matt Damon. Like, Matt Damon, I hope he has that late-era De Niro run uh, where he just makes comedies for ten years. And then Melissa McCarthy is Shane Spence, Shane Spicer, which was pro- the first time that was on TV. I don't know if I've ever laughed harder. That's... That was so funny that Sean Spicer was like, okay, you got me. <laughs> you can, what can you even do? What do you yeah. do? And then Tina Fey is Sarah Palin because it became, like, the biggest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we've gone uh, a little bit long, so I'll cut some of the thanks I hate it. Sarah Palin really kind of the beginning of the end. Wasn't it really? Well, in one different direction. Her and Newt Gingrich, man. Bellwethers. Uh, this week's Thanks I Hate It is real specific. I'll just give you the headline. Creed singer Scott Stapp to play Frank Sinatra in Dennis Quaid's Ronald Reagan biopic. Do you oh, to... man. <laughs> do you want me to read that again, or do you want to unpack it in any particular way? Oh, man. No, so... <laughs> no. Nope, that was perfect. That was perfect. Oh, my God. <laughs> just enough. So Scott Stapp as Frank Sinatra in Dennis Quaid's Ronald Reagan biopic. Thanks, but I hate it. What the... F- <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and this is a really... Dennis Quaid, what are you doing? I'm so excited about this. Uh, this week's big e- Diego Maradona big energy segment goes to its namesake again for the second time ever, Diego Maradona. Earlier this week, it was announced that Diego Maradona cannot be cremated until multiple partner su- uh, paternity suits are settled and his DNA is no longer needed for tests. He's got mm. so many paternity suits out that they can't even bury him or cremate him because they need him alive for his DNA. Well, I don't think he's alive. Know, they need him around. I don't think he's alive. He has five recognized children and six uh, with fellation requests, all of whom are part of a complex inheritance process that includes mm. jewels, land, prestigious properties, as well as image right contracts that remain in effect despite his Jesus. death. So the man continues to have the biggest energy from beyond the grave. My goodness, Diego Maradona winning the Diego Maradona Big Energy Award for the second time in Jeez. less than a month. Uh, <laughs> I just want to ask you, have you heard this story? It's been going around everywhere about the, Scot- the Scottish snowplows. No. So Scotland names their snowplows, mm. right, for the entire, uh, for the entire, I won't go through all of them, but the names are all pun names and they're outrageous. I'll give you a couple real quick ones. Uh, Gritalica, Gritney Spears, uh, <laughs> Darth Spreader, For Your Ice Only, mm. Snowby Gone Kenobi, mm. Snoky Mongo. I see. <laughs> Do you see what's going on here? Oh, I see. Uh, just outrageous. Good for you guys. I just have fun with it. License to Chill, Melton John, and then of course, Mr. Plow. <laughs> Gotta have it. Call Mr. Plow. That's my name. That name again 
is Mr. Plow. Mm. Uh, all right, so that's it for this week's uh, sort of serious news. And let's get to, man, the Christmas lists, the Christmas Oscars, whatever we're calling it. Mm. It's uh, a big, giant love fest to the Christmas holiday and all of the media and ensuing nonsense that it ensues. Featuring one of my favorite people mm. on the entire Mine planet. Mine as well. I second that. Uh, what a, what, I'm so excited to talk to him. So excited to see him. I wish it was in real life and not on Zoom, but that's the way she mm-hmm. goes in the time. 2021. 2021. Next so year. I gotta open the windows and doors. Open the doors. Right, right, right. So here he is. The one, the only, Aaron Velarde, as we prepare ourselves for the Christmas lists. Can you, can you hear me now? Should I keep talking? Yeah, you're good. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. What's up, man? How are you, dude? Uh, dude, I just had a harrowing 15 minutes. You have no idea. Yeah, what was what is that? What did you do? So it was about, let me, I'll, I'll lay this out for the listeners. Uh, <clears throat> of course, by the way, this is the return of our good friend, Aaron Velarde. Aaron, we're always so excited to see you. I'm so pleased that we could spend this time together here. <laughs> um so right before, it was about 4.15, I just like showered and cleaned up. And I was like, all right, everything's recorded. I'm going to grab a bite to eat before, before I come back to do the interview with you. I've been having a problem with my, what do you know about cars? Are you a car guy at all? Uh, I worked in the auto industry for 10 years. Okay. So I need a new <laughs> negative battery cable. Okay. The negative battery cable was really loose on the battery. So like every other couple of times it would pop off because it would vibrate off. That terminal, right? You're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The terminal. Yep. <laughs> so I'm driving down the parkway coming back. And as I'm driving down the parkway, the car just turns off. Uh. <laughs> it's like, oh God. Uh. <laughs> so so I gotta like pull into AutoZone. Uh, I gotta go out, restart the car, pull into AutoZone. I I get in there and like this young 20 year old kid who I don't know who he was. I didn't even ask his name. I was in such a rush. He like, it was like a $9 piece. He put it in my car in like five seconds and then was like, Oh yeah, that was easy, bro. And I was like, please take, I was like, please take this money. He's like, like, no, 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 please, please take this money from me. Uh, So I'm sorry that I were a little late and I'm, I took you away from dinner. Oh no, it's all good, man. I finished up. I actually took a few extra minutes to uh, clean up. So I didn't have to do it later. Uh, so before we start, I, I sort of prepped everybody for what we were going to do here today. You gave me, well, you gave me a list, a giant list. You gave me one through 10 lists of your favorite movies, actors, actresses, scenes, songs, all sorts of stuff from all sorts of Christmas things. Yep. And I actually told you we had to cut it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah was, I mean, that ended up, what did it work out to be? What did I say? It was 50 each, 50 it would have been titles 100. or 50 choices each, whatever you want to say. If we included <laughs> Kevin, it was like 150. Yeah. That's an outrageous number. <laughs> uh, and also, I should bring it up to you, uh, because me and Kevin recorded earlier, I definitely pretended that we already talked when we, we recorded the second part. So there's a lot of like reactions I've already made to stuff we may or may not have said. Uh, Can you believe he said that? I can't believe he said that. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know if you want to, I do have a couple of like light questions I was going to ask you beforehand, unless you want to dive in and we can do that afterwards. It's up to you. Fire away, man. Well, I just want to say, I got your Christmas card in the mail today. It yeah. Was great. 
I'm yeah, surprised yeah. you're uh, putting pictures of yourself and your family in the world. That's only analog. <laughs> <laughs> only analog photos. I love it. Only analog. Uh, I can't remember. Was it? It was addressed to Big Kevin Slam, right? <laughs> yeah, Big Kevin right? Slam. <laughs> uh, I love it. It looks great. Uh, I I didn't take a picture of my cat and put it on a card to send you. I'm very sorry. That's all right, man. What's Larry? What's his name? Charlie. Charlie. That's it. Uh, and I guess I got, I can see the tree in the background. Uh, how decorated is your house right now? Are you guys like uber decorated? So, mm, I mean, in years past, we've gone pretty crazy. But um, I mean, with the baby and all of his stuff all over the place, we kind of toned it back a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we're trying to like we're getting rid of furniture and stuff just to make more space because it's like we've accumulated so much nonsense over the past few years or whatever. Okay. But um, I mean, in here, what do we got? What do we got? <laughs> Was this the Charlie Brown style? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then my mom made this thing. My mom makes like favors every year. She made this one a few years back. Oh, like Snow Globe style. Oh, that's really cool, actually. Gingerbread Yo. house. There's a, there's a person I have to give a special uh, shout out to your mom, who's the best. Love your mom. Yeah, dude. Oh, God, I felt so bad the other day to cancel on her for Christmas. You guys, you guys just stay in. Yeah, man, I can't. I mean, like, I'd hate for that. Janae and I were talking. We'd hate for that to be the way that we find out that, like, the baby's got something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'd rather just chill in for, like, the next, just tough it out the next couple months until uh we are considered elites and can get, can get vaccinated <laughs> we moved up in social standing enough to get the vaccine yeah i went on friday and got a test mm -hmm. the first time and i and it came back negative uh so i don't know what that means i, I mean it's definitely not like carte blanche for me to be like hey i'm gonna go out and run around in the snow yeah awesome but I don't know, like, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's like false sense of positivity. I'm like, well, I guess I don't have it. And I've been to the grocery store. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, my when a coworker of mine had it mm. and I was walking the dogs. He lives in the neighborhood. I was walking the dogs and I stopped and was talking to him for like 10 minutes or whatever. And then I went about my way. And then like a week later, I want to say it was he was like, dude, I got COVID and like all this stuff. Right. And so it's like, oh, wow, that's pretty crazy. You know. <laughs> We talked for like 10 minutes the other day. And then he goes, oh my God, I didn't even think to tell you. It's like, dude, I've been, <laughs> I've gone everywhere. <laughs> I told Kevin earlier when I went to get the test results, the way they do it is, you know, you go back to the building to get the results, mm -hmm. right? So I'm standing in, there's a, a room that's big enough for the person at the desk and me like waiting behind that person, like six feet back to get my results. Right. But I'm listening to the guy. He's right in front of me, right? So the lady looks at him. She goes, so what's your symptoms? He's like, oh, I lost my sense of taste and smell. She goes, okay, well, you're positive. So you have to stay home and quarantine for 14 days. And then this guy turns around and looks at me. And I'm wide-eyed, like, in the back. It's like, oh, God, don't. <laughs> I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> oh, man. I told Kevin, I, I hid in the corner like it was the end of the Blair Witch Project. Like, you, <laughs> you go outside. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. Um, but yeah, so it has been really weird this year. And I keep trying to tell like my parents, like it's going to be different. You just got to like suck it up because 
It is what it is, man. It is what it is, man. So, yeah. It's like, it's like the, there's like three outcomes. There's, I stay home, right? Mm -hmm. There's, I come over, nothing happens. I come over and you fucking die. (laughs) You know? It's. (laughs) Yeah. Kevin made a really good analogy earlier. It was like, um, if you get a bowl of 100 M&Ms and you tell people two of them are poisoned, <laughs> are you still going to eat the M&Ms? Like, oh. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, V, you, you told me that you've been coming up with a lot of Christmas-style lists. Why is this? Where did you come up with this concept where you're just coming up with lists all day? It was, I don't know, man. It just it, it, There's so much content out there, right? And like, dude, oh God, don't even get me started on the fucking music. There's so much content out there that like, it's, it, I figured that like, if you want it, it, it'd be impossible to fit it all in, man. You'd have to not leave your house and only bathroom breaks, no work. It's like, you're just, you're just shoveling Christmas content in your mouth or like right in your face. So I don't know. I, I thought about it and it was like, why not pick out what you like about it? And then that way you don't have to sit through it again. <laughs> yeah, give me just the best pieces. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then it's like, and then you're not overloading yourself, and then you become resentful because it's like, dude, I gotta watch another fucking Christmas movie. Fucking Scrooge, ah, kill me, you know? So it's like it it it, it streamlines it. So then you can just focus on exactly what you're looking for, get in, get out. I love it. And you came up with five categories that we agreed on. So I'll share this with the viewers. We came up with top five movies, top five songs, and then the three categories, which I really love that you came up with. Top five actors, top five actresses, and top five scenes. And I'm sure this is going to be controversial because I already told Kevin my take is controversial. <laughs> uh, so where, I guess my question is, I'll leave it up to you since you're the, you're the guest here. What category would you like to start with and I guess what we'll do is we'll go back and forth. The the first one that I wrote down when I rewrote it today after we cut everything uh, in half, rightfully so. Rightfully so. <laughs> rightfully so. Um, I got uh, top five Christmas tunes. Okay, very good. So if you um, want to go ahead, do do like your five, and then if I have any that cross over, I will I'll bring it up as well. Cool. Okay. Uh, so. Alone on Christmas Day by Phoenix. Really? Yeah. I, I love that song, dude. Great song. Um, Run, Rudolph, Run, Chuck Berry. <laughs> <laughs> and then actually, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do this and then and then I'll touch on the other stuff. Uh, uh, Christmas in Hollis, Run DMC. Yes. The Gods. Uh, God rest ye merry gentlemen, Dio. Dio. <laughs> Dio did a version of it, man. <laughs> uh which is there's and then uh, anything by Vince Guaraldi as far as like the peanuts go is I I, I can't pick one because the whole album is is legit uh one of my favorite like I own a record player and I think if you own a record player owning the Vince the Vince Guaraldi Christmas album is an absolute yeah, yeah, yeah. must yeah 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 it comes with most record players I feel <laughs> like it's a free pack in like Tetris uh <laughs> I'll give you my five. I went a little different here uh, because that's just the way I do it. Number five, uh, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. <laughs> uh, number four, Jose Feliciano's version of Feliz Navidad. Everton loves that fucking song, dude. <laughs> like, that's his shit. 
<laughs> we put it on every morning when he eats his breakfast. It's hilarious. Uh, I put for number three the Phantom Planet version of Winter Wonderland. But All right. Winter Wonderland is one of my favorites anyway. This is a fringe one. Number two, thank you very much from the Scrooge soundtrack. Do you know what I'm talking about? Which song is that? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's the nicest thing that anyone's ever done for me. <laughs> you ever heard that song? It's from no. the Scrooge musical. It's amazing. I will send you the video when we're done here. It's unreal content. <laughs> uh, and number one, I said to Kevin was uh, White Christmas, but the Drifters version from Home Alone. Hell yeah, dude. That song's too short. Too short? <laughs> that song is too short. That's not going to be another 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, all right so do, what category do you want to go to next so the next would be actors but so i just want to touch on music again real quick so i was telling you today that um it was like dude i ended up finding like all of these like just obscure songs right mm -hmm. so i found this one it's like um it's like a Motown funk song, dude. It's called Santa Stole My Lady by Wait, Fitz. <laughs> Santa Stole, Stole My Lady by Fitz in the Tantrums. Yes. Could not, dude, it is a great song. And it's just like, it's like him like warning you that Santa's going to come and steal your female, like your, <laughs> your, your wife or your girlfriend. Yes. It's, it's unreal, dude. It's amazing. Um, um and then another one. Did you know that the Shins did Wonderful Christmas Time? Yes. Yeah. I didn't know that. that really cool. Found that today. And um, then also on that album. So there's a whole album of like 80s and 70s. Like, I don't know. I have to put it in quotes. Metal singers. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a whole. Dude, yeah. it's, it's, it's primo for laughter content, dude. It is great. So that Dio song is on there. And then there's also a version of Run Rudolph Run with um what's his name dude what's the guy's name billy gibbs from bg top oh of oh, zz top not billy gibb okay not barry gibb billy gibbs yeah yeah <laughs> okay so it's he's playing guitar dave grohl is playing drums and then lemmy sings it <laughs> <laughs> i put a bunch of bad religion <laughs> because they have a whole christmas album and it's no i didn't know that either dude it's unreal it's on spotify it's outrageous it doesn't have their cover of joy to the world which is borderline blasphemous but it's <laughs> um it's it's really good otherwise um, okay so you said actor is where you want to go next uh actor was next on my on my sheet here all right so I'm going to start on this one. And if I have any crossover, you let me know. Okay. Yeah. I, there's, there's only so much good. There's only so many good Christmas movies. You know what I mean? It's not like you can, you can pick a weird one. Right. You know what it's I mean? Like, true. like <laughs> Kirk Cameron is not on your list. No, I, I tried. <laughs> I tried to go off kilter here and pick people you, you wouldn't pick. So right. number, number five, which could have been number one, but I chose to make him number five was Chevy Chase and Christmas vacation. Yeah, I don't know if you had on the that. list. He's uh, number two. Number two, yeah. Uh, number four for me was the dad from Christmas Story. You will find out I'm not super hyped about Christmas Story in general, but I think the dad is top notch. Dude, that, and so what I took into consideration too was like overall performance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's like that guy, dude, 
That guy played, what year was that supposed to be? It was like 1958 or something like yeah. that. And I, it was made in the 80s, though, right? Or 70s? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like that guy embodied the father from that time frame. You know what I, I mean? I like whenever he gets so mad that he barely gets, like, what's that? He's like, not a finger. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I love that he's so angry. He can't get the words out. Classic. Son uh, of a bitch. <laughs> number three, uh, I keep saying this. The 1970 version of Scrooge is an absolute underdog. Albert Finney plays Scrooge, and he is an absolute madman. He's my number two. Number two is Pesci and or Daniel Stern from Home Alone. Interchangeable. Interchangeable. The wet bandits. And number one, I'm going to get a lot of crap for this because I got a lot of Elf here, is James Caan in Elf. (laughs) Did you watch the Netflix special? I did. I think there's recency bias because I just watched it. Dude, he, uh, like... They were like, all right, he's a nightmare to work with. He was like, no, you got to call me Jimmy the Dream. I'm going to be like the best behaved actor you've ever seen. And then every scene with Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell was like going out of his way to just like dig at him. (laughs) It pissed him off. Unreal, dude. Yeah, so I love Khan in that movie. That's my top five. Give me your top five and we'll see where we crossed over. Top five. Number five, Jason Schwartzman, Claws. I've never seen that. Real good movie. It's on Netflix. I just watched it for the first time this past weekend. It's um, it's an animation movie though. It's not like, it's not like a regular movie. Okay. Okay. Um, Michael Caine, Muppet Christmas Carol. Awesome. Awesome. Great A acting. Uh, three, Will Ferrell, Elf. Mm-hmm. Two, Chevy Chase, Christmas Vacation. One, Jimmy Stewart. It's a Wonderful Life. I think that Jimmy Stewart, Will Ferrell are all ones that I was like, yeah, I could put these on here but I feel like we're going to talk about them anyway. Yeah. It's, <laughs> right. Again, it's it's like the obvious thing, dude. There's so, only so many good movies. You know what I mean? Like Home Alone was the top grossing movie of all time when it came out. I think it's interesting that neither you nor I picked former cocaine dealer Tim Allen for his portrayal. Yeah. Of Santa yeah, Tim Allen's a trash box. He can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> do you, Write uh, that down. <laughs> do you want to do actresses while we're in the zone? Yeah, 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 that's actually what's next here anyway. Um, so number five, Karen Allen, Scrooged, uh, Claire from Scrooged. Yes. Dude, that lady, dude, I mean, we've all disappointed ladies in our lives, and it's like she played it, that role perfectly, I thought. Uh, four, <laughs> Beverly D'Angelo, Christmas Vacation. Oh, I have her on my list at number three, yep. Uh, number three, Donna Reed, um... That's Jimmy Stewart's wife in It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, yeah. Uh, Vinette Robinson. She's uh, she's a British lady. She's an actress. She was in um, the 2019 version of Scrooge that was on yeah. FX. Yeah, yeah. Wild movie, dude. Really? Yeah, it's like, it, was, it was a miniseries, so it's like three hours long. You got to watch it in increments, unless you're a psycho. <laughs> um, number one, Catherine O'Hara, Nightmare Before Christmas. Wait, is she in Nightmare Before Christmas? She plays Sally? She's Sally. Interesting. Because my number one pick was Catherine O'Hara from Home Alone. Nice, dude. <laughs> nice. Uh, Primo. Yeah, Hell yeah. Uh, so I, ca- I crossed uh, with you with Beverly D'Angelo. I had her at number three. Yep. My other choice is, uh, I'm going to get, again, I'm going to put Zoe Deschanel as Jovi in Elf. She was an honorable mention of mine. Uh, and I will, I'm going to talk about her more in a minute. Uh, number four for me, Phoebe Cates in Gremlins, simply for the another scene I'm going to talk about in a minute. And then, 
Number five, uh, I guess I have to go back from the mom from a Christmas story for the scene where she has her kid eat like a piggy from the, the plate. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, she she played like like that that movie. The reason that movie is so good is because they took like obviously you and I weren't alive in 1950, whatever, when that movie took place, right? But they took like they put you in there. They put you in that year. Oh, it's yeah. like they tossed you in the DeLorean and then took you back to 1958 Christmas. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this question because we haven't gotten there yet. Did Christmas Story make your top five for movies? Yeah, no, me neither. And it's really good movie, dude. And I, dude, it's like there were. I think originally I had the ten, and then I had like another six mentions because it it's like. It didn't make my honorable mentions when I made honorable mentions list. And it's not that I don't like it. I tried to get my nephew on board with this last Christmas. It was on TV. It was the scene with the, the, the pajamas. And I was trying to get him to like watch it with me. I'm like, hey, check it out. Like watch this, this classic like Christmas scene. Right. He was, he was having none of it. He was just like, eh, this, is, this is dumb. And How was, old? 11, 10. So I've noticed, dude, like the only the only christmas movie that my sons reacted to mm-hmm. and like i you know i understand he's not even two yet but yeah. the only movie that he's reacted to in any shape way or form is rudolph yeah rudolph almost made my list it's really it's really seminal it's like really easy to watch and i think the animation is like charming enough but not creepy yeah, right? not so no. scary that like you get un- unsettled by it in any particular way. Like, and it was also super ahead of its time, right? And it's timeless on top of that. I think the music is really holds up. I think it's it's a really easy light watch, and I think yeah. it, for whatever reason, of because I've watched the other like claymation Rankin Bass movies that they make. And Dude, the those, Santa Claus one is one of the most painful movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Some of those movies are like acid trips. Yeah, dude. There's some weird stuff going on in those movies. Uh, I don't know what those uh, guys, people would Hair Burger Meister Meister Burger. The Burger Meister Meister Burger. <laughs> uh, Mr. Mr. Snow Miser. I love it. Uh, you want to go scenes or movies? Uh, we'll do movies last. Okay. So I'll jump in. I'll do scenes here. I'll start with you. Uh, number five for me is just the scene in Christmas Story where the Bumpuses eat the turkey. And then the, the, the Bumpus's dogs come in and eat the turkey. And then the father yells out the door, Bumpus's! Yeah. Just that Son one. Of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, dude. Number four is the scene in Gremlins where Phoebe Cates tells the horrifying story about how her father died pretending to be Santa Claus and falling down the chimney. And that's how she found out there was no Santa Claus. And this scene takes place out of nowhere in the movie. And it's absolutely traumatizing, even more than the gremlins are. It's insane. I can't believe this was in a movie in like 1985. Stunning. Uh, Number three, the only thing I have from this movie on our list is the song, What's This? from Nightmare Before Christmas. That, All right. that almost made it to mine, dude. Yeah, I just think, maybe because I watched that movie, we, that, that Netflix special, but that is a really good encapsulation of that whole movie, I think, in one scene. Yeah. Uh, number two, uh, Keep the Change, You Filthy Animal. Any of the VHS stuff from Home Alone is my number Hell two. Hell yeah, dude. And this was my controversial number one. I'm gonna be sentimental. 
it's Zoe Deschanel singing in Central Park at the end of Elf when James Caan and everyone else starts singing along with her. Dude, choke you up every time, man. It's me every time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. So those are my top five. Any crossover or do you have different five? No, I, I knew that this one there probably wouldn't be. Okay. Uh, so number five is the scene in Jingle All the Way when he unwraps the Turbo Man doll and it's it's the Spanish one. Yes. <laughs> Uh, number four, the chocolate advent calendar and vodka scene from Bad Santa. Do you know I've never seen Bad Santa? Is that is that really, like- dude? So there's a scene where Billy Bob Thornton is like being super Billy Bob Thornton, and uh, I don't know. I don't really want to spoil it for you, but this kid's got uh, a a chocolate advent calendar, and you know, like every day you open it, yeah, you yeah. eat a piece of chocolate. He comes home and he's like blacked out. And he just hammers down this bottle of vodka and then eats all of the chocolate <laughs> <laughs> and then passes out. But they do that thing where they attached the camera to him. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that anywhere he moved, the camera was just in front of him. <laughs> he's like all sweaty and like, <laughs> and, like and pukey. It was pretty funny. Um, number three was the scene from It's a Wonderful Life where uh, – Jimmy Stewart tries to get the bad guy to loan him 8,000 bucks because he lost all the money. Yeah. And dude, the, the evil that that actor put into that scene yeah. is insane, dude. Uh, that's Lionel Barrymore. Um, amazing scene. I think this movie has kind of come back around to being a little underrated. I think people, yeah. Were, yeah. And dude, I don't want to get too hardcore. far into it because I think we're going to talk about it again in a minute. So, And that's, it's, I, I feel like, it's not a movie. I remember watching it when I was a kid and I was like, dude, this is fucking boring. What is this? Mm-hmm. And then I remember watching it as a teenager. I've only seen it three or four times. I remember watching it as a teenager and then being like, all right, I guess this is okay. And then as an adult who has like a regular fit of existential dread. Yeah. <laughs> it's dude, like, oh, this movie's great. <laughs> so it really cancels everything. I think this is the only Christmas movie on my list where there's a honest to God suicide attempt. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Number two is uh, any scene in any Christmas Carol film where Scrooge flips <laughs> and he's not a dick anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? That always makes me feel good. Um, and then number one, the rant at the, uh, at like, at, or in Christmas Vacation, when he freaks out and he's like, you know what I want? I want my boss brought here from his happy Hollywood home. And that whole fucking thing. I did a one take to start this week's podcast of the first part of it. It's just like, where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's yeah. leaving this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, all right. So let's do let's do movies. Uh, I don't want to take you away from your family too, too long. I have to head out sooner than later. But I had a lot of movies that did not make my list. So do you want to do when I I'll shout out a couple honorable mentions from my list real quick. Uh, yeah. Elf, Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, Claymation Rudolph, Jingle All the Way, uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas and the 1970s Scrooge. But I'll give you my top five. Number five for me is Gremlins. Gremlins has sort of become my diehard argument, right? Like people were like, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I haven't talked about it at all. I don't, I didn't bring it up in this list at all. 
Gremlins is the one that people are like, is Gremlins a Christmas movie? To which I say, yeah, totally. He gets the Gremlins. Yeah, dude, the, he got a Christmas present. That's yeah. what Gizmo was. Yeah. Right? Uh, number if four, it wasn't for Christmas, there would be no Gremlins. Exactly. And they, they're in the snow. The whole thing's got the Santa story. There's a lot of, much like Die Hard, this Christmas is kind of vital to the story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number four, uh, Home Alone, which... I think as I get older, it's simply because I love the adults in this movie. Oh, God, they're such shit people, dude. <laughs> they're they're the such worst. shit people. Every time. <laughs> uh, number three is Muppet Christmas Carol, which I, is probably my favorite version of Scrooge if I have to watch it. The Michael, the Michael Caine Muppet Christmas Carol is probably... Yeah, I, I grew up on that, and it was one of my favorites for a really long time. Does that hold up? I love that story, though, too, dude. I'll sit down and watch that story. I think that story is almost perfect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number two, It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, I'm sure you're going to have this on your list as well. I think It's a Wonderful Life. I was telling Kevin. <laughs> I, I will tell Kevin sooner than later. This is a, one of the strangest movies you can think of because the villain kind of gets away at the end. All the bad stuff that's going to happen, happens. And yet this guy doesn't care because all of a sudden he's realized what his life is about and what like happiness is about. And it's yeah. really like, I don't want to use the word realistic, but it's a very like visceral, like- oh, It's pretty know. realistic, it's dude. It's pretty realistic. It's pretty realistic. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't remember, I'm going to watch it again because I don't remember the resolution to it, but I do remember that he gets away with it there is no real it's like it's like it's super realistic because it's like i've gotten dicked a ton of times and it's like this is real life dude you can't just go to somebody's house and beat the shit out of them because you're you disagree with whatever happened you know what i mean go watch the snl clip from back in the day the lost and Dana carvey it was john lovitz playing lionel barrymore he's like what i don't have your money my it's amazing <laughs> Uh, and, and number one uh, is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I oh, yeah. you're going to cross over on some of these. That was number one. Number one. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, go ahead. Well, give me the other ones, then we'll come back to Christmas Vacation. Okay. So, um, Nightmare Before Christmas, honorable mentions. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, awesome. uh, the original Grinch, uh, uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol, um, specifically... Just Christmas Carol in general, the story is number two on my list because again, I'll watch it yeah. anytime. Mickey's Christmas Carol specifically was what we always watch whenever we do the tree. Mm -hmm. So now we do that actually. So yeah, that's really um uh and then where'd that go? There was Office Christmas Party, it was a really funny movie. Oh, I just read about this today. It's good. Yeah, it's pretty funny, dude. Yeah. Uh I think it, it's I think that's the one with Bateman. I'm yeah, pretty sure yeah, yeah. Bateman's in it, and so is Kate McKinnon, who's a fucking genius, dude. <laughs> that lady is amazing. Oh, she's um, uh, Claws, too. I highly recommend that movie. Really cool movie. I'm going to look that um, up after we're done here. Top five, Scrooged, Rudolph, Elf, any version of Christmas Carol, specifically Mickey's, but like I said, it didn't make a list on the specifics, uh, and then Christmas Vacation. So we've both settled on Christmas Vacation, and almost every list I've looked at has had Christmas Vacation in the top two or three. What is it for you about this movie that remains timeless? 
Aside from Mickey's Christmas Carol, it's the first Christmas movie that I can remember watching. It was a different time back then. So it wasn't like, it was like the one fuck that they drop in the movie. It was like, my parents looked over that. It, was, it wasn't a big deal. You know what I mean? Yes. But then it's like, there's a lot of actual, I mean, there's a lot of super hilarious comedy, but there's also like the, when you, when you drill down to the core of the movie, it's about being in dysfunctional, shitty families, but you still make it work. I think what you said about It's a Wonderful Life kind of applies to Christmas Vacation. You know, I watched this as a kid. It was funny because like, you know, shitter's full and all the jokes, yeah. and all that kind of thing. And, and as yeah. you get older and you have a different perspective, different stuff is funny. Now, it becomes funnier in different ways. Your priorities change, dude. Yeah. If you think about it, when you're a kid, the poop jokes are funny, right? Yeah. But yeah. as an adult, as a homeowner, him falling through the ceiling is one of the funniest fucking things I can imagine. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yo, because it's, it's like that's it's realistic. It's a lot of it's, you know, very, very uh, I guess unrealistic for lack of a better term. But so much of it is like it's just reality, dude. Like dealing with in-laws, dealing with your parents, having kids, trying to fucking sort through their shit. And it's like the whole a crazy cousin who just shows up. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm, just, I'm waiting for that to happen this year for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we've made it to the end of our Christmas lists. I want to thank you for coming up with this concept and reaching out to do this. I'm really glad we decided to do this. Um, before I let you go, I just got to ask you, this is your first Christmas as a dad? Yes? Second. Second Christmas? What have you learned? Uh, officially, I mean, you know, he's aware of himself and his surroundings now. Last year, he was just kind of a meatball. <laughs> Does it change your perspective about the holiday in any particular way? Um, I mean, it gives me something to look forward to because we got like, like, I don't know, dude, as an adult, other than hanging out with your family, it's like, do I really need the sweater or scarf? You know what I mean? I, I'm a fucking adult. I got a bank account. I got a savings account. I'll just go buy the fucking scarf. And I don't know. So it's like for a while, it was just like, it was like another day, another day. But now it's reverting I can't say it's reverting back because it's something new. It's a different feeling. So now, like, we got in this, uh, we got in this roller coaster thing. Mm-hmm. I'll send you, I'll shoot you, or I'll send you a picture of it. Yeah. And basically, I mean, obviously, it's for little kids. It's not anything fucking outrageous. But like, we're just gonna have that set up in the living room for when we bring him downstairs. And he's just gonna be like, "What the fuck is this?" And then it's like, "Bro, we're not even eating breakfast today, dude." <laughs> 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 My, uh, my old man would do stuff like that when I was a kid. Like I remember coming down when I was a kid and having the whole Fisher Price train set set up in the living room, like going yeah. as I came yep. upstairs. And you know, I was a little kid; I didn't know my ass to my elbow, so I'm just like super overwhelmed. I'm like, "Wow, that's really big!" I'm like, "Oh my yeah. god!" The <laughs> uh, uh, I I'm saddened that we're not going to be able to like get together on Christmas like we have in the past. Uh, yeah, man. Little downer, uh, but you know that. Once we all get elite and get the vaccine and start getting back to reality, I hope for many more Christmases and many more holidays. And I'm glad that we got to spend at least this time together. Hell yeah, dude. And I'm going to send you that Scrooge thing that I was singing earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. please do. Before I let you go, I I don't know if I adequately explain why I like it. Okay. Thank You Very Much is a song that in the musical Scrooge takes place before the ghost of Christmas future shows up. Okay. Okay. The, the the death specter. 
And essentially what it is, is Scrooge goes to the front of his house and there's a huge crowd of people. And there's a guy and he's singing this song called Thank You Very Much. And what you find out as the song goes on is he's thanking Scrooge for dying. Dying because he gets all of his stuff. I remember that now. And they're all yes. out of their dance yes. at his casket. Yep. I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. So that's why I like it so much. I'll send it to you before we leave. What's Please. his name, dude? The character's name is like Billy or something. He's the he's spider, like the Muppet one. Yeah, he's got like some All right, acting. there we've got some silk sheets here. Yeah. <laughs> There's something I'd like to tell you today, Mr. Scrooge. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, v, uh, I want to thank you so much. Uh, yeah, dude. Kiss your lovely wife and child and wish them Merry Christmas from me and from everybody here. Uh, Absolutely, man. Much love to you guys, dude. Tell Kev I said what up. I will. I will. Brother, I love you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We will talk soon. I love you too, man. Also, can you send me a, a picture for the website? Yeah. Right, of cool. me? Yeah. Well, yep. you don't have to. <laughs> no, just Otherwise, it'll be a TV or something. So, all right. It's just gonna, I'll send you a picture of me, but I'm going to be redacted from the photo. <laughs> Fine. Great. Excellent. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you soon, dude. Merry Christmas, brother. Let's do this every year. All right, thank you once again. Wonderful. One of my favorite people in the whole country. Uh, Aaron Velarde, the best. The best, Jerry. Uh, Kev, so I didn't, I don't think, uh, we talked briefly about we weren't going to do history lessons this week. Yeah. Um, on but, this day many years ago, it was Christmas. <laughs> but on, uh, on this day also many other years ago, it was Christmas. Uh, I did, we did sort of talk about whether you wanted to do top five songs or movies or mm. anything that you hit, but I don't know if we've had really time to like dig through all of them. I definitely had, I haven't had the time to compile a list, yeah, yeah. but I've got with a lot of them, they're close enough and I've been thinking about them that if we talk about yours and go through, yeah. I can definitely still. So again, folks, you've already heard oh, all of I've them. had a couple Christmases, yeah. a few <laughs> Christmases under my belt. So folks, obviously you've already heard these from me, but my top five for movies mm -hmm. was five is Gremlins, because obviously I wanted mm. to get it on there somewhere. I see. Four was Home Alone. Mm -hmm. Three is Muppet. Christmas Carol, mm. two is It's a Wonderful Life, and one is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Those are my top five. Honorable mentions, of course, were Elf, Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, Claymation Rudolph, uh, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol, the 1970s Scrooge, and Jingle All the Way. <laughs> How, so you, you're not doing your the annual Die Hard pitch? I just don't... I don't... I don't <laughs> The rest of the media seems to have taken it up this year. I just, I don't, yeah, game, I right? think I've read so much about it. Like, I, I'm Die Hard's on, a great movie. I'm back around, it's definitely a Christmas movie. Yeah. Somebody made the impetus of uh, the movie couldn't have taken place if it wasn't Christmas, and that's... Oh, yeah, no, I, I totally agree that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I did, mm. I, I did not put it on this list because I was like, I just didn't want to do it. I, honestly, yeah, yeah, like, you could have inserted Die Hard in all of these movies. I watch it once a year. It's not on Christmas. I'll put it that way. Mm. You know what I mean? Fair so. enough. No, you got some heavy hitters on there. Home Alone. Uh, Christmas Vacation is probably the top of my list as well. Mm. That's just a huge one. Um, it's a Wonderful Life is a sentimental pick, but like realistically, I'm not watching It's a Wonderful Life. I heard an interesting take about this movie, and I don't remember. Is it the licensing thing? No. Oh, okay. Essentially how it's one of the only movies where the bad guy doesn't get his comeuppance. Huh. And it's one of the more realistic. Like, it's... Not every, not in real in real life, Mr. Potter wouldn't have gotten arrested and dragged. He probably would have gotten away with it. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? And it's it's probably the most 
I don't want to say realistic, it's super depressing, but it mm. is the most, like, genuinely uplifting mm-hmm. of those movies. Like, just the, especially in the, this year we've had where everyone's so down, I think it really focuses on, like, what you can achieve, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's, um, that's a movie, like I said, that that's always a sentimental favorite, you know what I mean? It's sort of like watching that, like, you know, being a young kid, watching with your parents. I remember mm-hmm. we did it as the the play one year when I was, like, eighth or ninth grade. Really? Um, I was a stage manager huh. for It's a Wonderful Life, yeah. Um, we did it, and it was really good, and that was a lot of fun. That was a great experience. Yeah, I always like that one. Home Alone is huge for me. Home Alone yeah. and Christmas Vacation are the two every year. Um, and Nightmare Before Christmas, I, for some reason, tend to watch closer to Halloween, even though it's a Christmas thing. Yeah, that's a pretty... But it's sort yeah. of, that's kind of, that's another one that I've seen a ton of times. That's less about, like, oh, it's the season. Sometimes it might just, like, be want something to put on the background or whatever. <laughs> Uh, it just made me think of Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm. It's a season to be jolly and joyous. The whole movie. It's the whole movie for like an hour. Just Kermit singing. I'm trying to think of, I wish I had thought about for this, now that we're doing it, it's a little, I wish I had thought about some underrated, you know, if we're doing the top fives and all the stuff like that, some like, um, some underrated deep cuts of Christmas movies. So I think I said it with, I think I said it with Aaron, uh, because I definitely talked about one of the songs from it, and that's the 1970s Scrooge. It's mm. 1970, it's Albert Finney, it's a musical. Mm-hmm. If you've seen Scrooge from Utica, you've seen the 1970s Scrooge. Right, it has right, Thank right. You Very Much and Father Christmas and one of the more underrated Christmas movie soundtracks mm-hmm. that I can think of. I love the song Thank You Very Much. One of my all-time mm-hmm. favorite, like, Christmassy songs. It's not really a Christmassy song. It's a song about Scrooge getting killed and people being glad that he's dead. <laughs> like, it's an amazing song, though. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, so, yeah, I... Yeah, I guess Die Hard could have made the list. I don't know. I'm sure that Aaron probably talks I'm about it. I'm just surprised because, uh, because I know how passionate you are about Die Hard and the Christmas uh, movie. And I'll give you my top five songs, which, again, people have already heard, but I'll give them to mm-hmm. you. Uh, number five was You're a Mean with Mr. Grinch. Mm. Uh, Classic. Num- uh, number four was Jose Feliciano's Feliz Navidad, the actual original version of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number three is Winter Wonderland, but, like, as a concept. I think that's the best overall Christmas song. It's not, it's like a, it's kind of like not, it, it hits everybody. I don't know anybody who's like, nah, Winter Wonderland sucks. That's fair. It's not overly like religious-y. It's not overly Santa-y. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's more about like, just, it's nice out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whether okay. I'm, yeah, I kind of dig it. Uh, number two, thank you very much. Obviously, I just mentioned from Scrooge. Mm. And number one, the Drifter's White Christmas that you've heard in Home Alone. Yeah, that's my favorite one. It's got to be got to be number one for me. Fair enough. Oh man, Christmas songs. Um, I would say for me, if I was making my list, I would definitely put on um, "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." Would be high up there. I think the what's his name from Coldplay does a really nice job with it. Okay, but a bunch of people have done that over the years. Is it called? The Christmas song, or is it called Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas? And if not, no, the Christmas song is Chestnuts op- on an Open Fire, right? Uh, Chestnuts. Yeah, I know that. Is that the Christmas song, I think, is the oh, actual I title? I'm not sure about that. Huh. That's like, is it Bob O'Reilly or Teenage Witch? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, whatever <laughs> whatever people will understand when I tell them about it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Somebody goes, well, technically, that was only called <laughs> Merry Little Christmas, not Have Yourself. I'm like, okay, buddy. You're not invited to the Christmas uh, party. What are you doing at my house? We're in a pandemic. I looked for that Coldplay version to put on the mix for this mm. week, and I could not find it. It's a really good one. I like it um, as because holidays can be a little bittersweet. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. think about times where like you miss people, and especially this year where there's a lot of people you know you can't see or people that might not be around or everything's a little different. Um, you know, holidays can be really bittersweet. I like that. 
Um, I was thinking though, if I made my if I made my top ten list, I might have to put number one uh, the Mariah Carey song. Oh yeah, it might have to just be the number. I mean, listen, yeah. say what you will. Other songs about this history, this tradition, that song, it, it just bangs. That feels, Everybody knows it. Now that you say it, it feels like an oversight that I didn't when talk we, about it already. We, so one of the one of the things I missed this year is. Last year, we played a ton. The band played a ton of Christmas yeah. parties. We probably played 15 different Christmas parties, 16 mm-hmm. Christmas parties. Um, and that we played, learned a lot of Christmas songs just for them. There were a lot of fun ones, you know what I mean? Uh, some stuff that I'll probably throw on the Spotify list this week. But the one, when we would play All I Want for Christmas is You, and it starts mm-hmm. with that, uh, and that note, and people are looking like, oh, are these, is this going to happen? And then it starts, <laughs> and the place would go electric just for that one song every place every crowd every age level every group pops for that song is it the same with what i assume is you guys doing bruce springsteen's uh you better watch santa claus coming to town where bruce springsteen talks to the crowd for like 30 seconds he's like how's everybody doing out there oh yeah you all having a good time in New Jersey? <laughs> they're like, ah, they're like, oh, you guys oh, be good man. for Christmas. Santa's oh, watching. Oh. I'll tell you what, a little bit closer to the line than some folks in the band might want to admit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you watch he does a cover of um, the Bruce Springsteen one that I like that I'm definitely putting on the list. He does a cover, I think it's a cover of uh, the song Merry Christmas Baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just, it's super fun to yeah. play on bass. I really enjoyed that one. I missed playing it the Christmas season was over. But yeah, he... Bruce has never been afraid to put on the theatrics. I'll give you one last Christmas song mystery, and I don't, I don't know if I talked about this with Lardy yet, because mm. we haven't done the interview yet. Uh, <laughs> uh, have you ever heard of a movie called Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas? Yeah. Famous Muppets movie. Mm-hmm. All the music for that, and mm. for Muppet Christmas Carol, was written by a guy named Paul Williams. We've mm. talked about Paul Williams in this podcast before, because Pop mm. Paul Williams also appears on the Daft Punk album... Uh, Random Access Memories. Mm. So if you're a Paul Williams fan, be aware that he also did the music for uh, Muppet Christmas Carol and Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas and Phantom of the Paradise. And honestly, just do yourself a favor and go listen to Random Access Memories again. (laughs) Uh, The whole record is better than you remember. It's more than just get lucky and lose yourself to dance. Trust Uh, me. So let's see, what else did I have on here? Where are we? Eight minutes in? All right, so... It was like, oh, I had a question for you about uh, Christmas songs. Oh, sure. Christmas music and stuff like that. What, and we might have talked about this before, both privately or on the pod... What are your feelings on like the the Trans Siberian Orchestra for Christmas music, like power metal versions of Carol of the Bells and stuff like that? So it's good. <sighs> <laughs> All right, here's here's not because here's a, no because here's the thing, right? Okay, I'm gonna come off like a hypocrite if I sit here and I'm like I think it's bullshit that you okay. do like these big giant bombast because I put at least three punk rock Christmas songs on this album so mm-hmm. to sit here and be like you have to hold the sanctity of the original song in place seems counterproductive for me doing the Ramones version of like Baby Please Come Home or whatever right sure. so I'm not here to like shame people's like music kinks do you know what I mean but uh, yeah that's fair that's fair I no music kink it, shaming no music kink shaming I happen to think that for me it feels a little goofy I can't help but be like, okay. Like, mm. over the top, like, the bang, the timpanies and shit, and, like, the... I would like to watch it live. I was just gonna say, I've never... I've never... I'm certainly... I'm certainly not, like, pressing play. It's not making the Spotify mm. list necessarily. I'm not driving 
to my aunt's house on Christmas with a pie in the back seat. Dun 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 dun. dun. Just like getting ready to go up and like fight my like uncle or something. Like it seems like war music. I don't know. Um, But I am with you that I bet if I saw it live, it would be exceptional. Yeah, I'm sure it's quite a show. They're Mm -hmm. professionals. They've been doing it for God knows how long. I'm sure it's like watching the Blue Man Group or some sort of like big production piece music. Mm -hmm. Does it translate to me listening to it in the car? Probably not. I'm also kind of torn, right? Because I like traditional style Christmas songs, but I also like some wild bullshit Christmas songs, right? Uh. Too. So like, I like, I secret. Actually, I don't know. I was talking about uh, "Silver Bells" mm. by Dean Martin. You ever heard? You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh yeah, of course. I like that song because he sounds hammered. He was. But I, <laughs> but I don't like it because the song is so dumb. It's like city sidewalks, busy sidewalks. So, like, so with a this? lot of things, you're not so sure if you like the song as much as you like the joke. You can the make joke. About the song. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I like it as much as I like the the, the narrative around it for me mm-hmm. in my head. Mm-hmm. Right? Just it how it is now. Just like uh, that's like a real certain era of Christmas song. Yeah, yeah. You listen to like any new Christmas song? Like, should people put it in the last couple years? I mean, if they come on... Like some I'm trap Christmas music? Oh, I haven't listened to any Christmas trap. So, I think I'll I was... I'll find some Christmas trap to put on the list. Don't know if I got this far with it with Elf. But we watched that Elf documentary a couple nights ago on uh, Netflix, which is sure. actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And I said to you, I think Elf is the last Christmas movie, most recent Christmas movie, to cross the pantheon into, like, a Christmas classic. Mm. I think it's hard for stuff that comes out to immediately get sucked in and be, like, part of the the narrative, right? Yeah, by its nature, it takes time. Yeah. Like, that Mariah Carey song, was that a big hit for Christmas the second it came out? Or yes. did we just start getting used to yes, it every no, single... Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Colossal. Colossal. Machine gun. Absolute <laughs> machine gun. Juggernaut. A lot of people don't know. Shout out to Mariah Carey. Uh, she wrote that song. Just like the rest of her songs. Mariah Carey, say what you will, and she might have, like, silly behavior, like, now and she's older and, like, reality shows and whatever the character. Uh, songwriter. Can't take that away from anybody. Uh, all right, let me see here. What else did I want to do? Do you want to do our quick, you want to do it before any music questions, before I do my quick Christmas tree history? Uh, do I have any more Christmas music questions? Yeah, I don't have much else. The only, the only other songs that I had on here really were uh, Marley and Marley from Muppet Christmas Carol, which again, I don't even know if it's a good song, but I like Statler and Waldorf singing a song as Muppets on Christmas. That mm. makes me laugh. Uh, and... I don't know. I got a, yeah, sure. I got a question for you about Christmas. Music. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, what do you think the realistic long-term shelf life of traditional Christmas songs is? Yeah. Songs that are old. Songs songs that come from, you know, the 20s, the 30s, even old stuff like the White Christmas. Uh, you know, how much of it is, like, for example, well, I'll use White Christmas. Bing, Car- Bing Crosby's White Christmas. Mm-hmm. I think about it for Christmas every year. It reminds me of being a kid. It reminds me of being around... Because those movies were on whatever channels my parents were watching, my grandparents had seen them. But also, I feel like if I had children right now and they were five, I mean, I haven't actually watched White Christmas in uh, 15 years, I would say. You know what I mean? 10, 15 years. And I don't know if I would watch it with my kids. When does the cultural cachet of some of these songs that we take for granted as long-term institutions start to fade away in the future. It's probably case by case for each song. Well, but do you know what I'm getting at, kind of? Yeah, I already, I, I already said this in the interview. My inner, my pick, this was kind of controversial, was for best scene from Christmas. I like movie. how you know that before I know you've actually done the yeah. interview. That's, that's uh, incredible. My best, my best scene from a Christmas movie mm-hmm. is Zoe Deschanel. I think it was recency bias in Elf, standing up in front of the crowd and singing. I know it's corny. That, that is controversial. It's okay to be corny. It's Christmas. I know it's corny. Top Christmas movie moment. 
Just a scene I liked. Just a scene. Yeah, right. It's one of the few times in a movie mm-hmm. where I was like, oh, yeah, that's really sweet and earnest, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed... And that, it's just her singing, I think it's Let It Snow, or whatever it is. Uh, and the whole crowd starts... Like yeah, yeah, and the whole crowd starts singing. Like, that got me. I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. All these people singing together around Christmas For and, like, sure. putting away all their, like, miserable bullshit. Right. I think you... I think because these songs get tied into newer Christmas stuff, right? You're still referencing... Christmas, like, folds back in on itself. Right, like all the nostalgia from these songs that like, comes back. That's why there's fifteen thousand versions of Winter Wonderland. We don't just keep making new Christmas songs that get over. Mm. Certain ones catch on mm. and they latch on in the public, and they just sort of build. I don't know. Like, I think it's really hard to make something timeless. And a lot of these Christmas songs got were built in an era, like those Bing Crosby era, mm. when music felt important. In a, I don't know. I don't no, know. There, I think there was just less of it. I think that's our own bias. Like, we say mm. timeless, but what does timeless mean? The time we've been alive, plus a little bit before. You know what I mean? It's tough yeah, to suppose. say anything from the 20th century is fully timeless yet. You know, just the short scope of our lives and when we've been around. I think about, what about, like, uh, religious Christmas songs? Like, Oh Holy Night, uh, Silent Night, The First Noel, Park the Herald Angels Sing. Does a lot of that stuff translate and go forward? Well, I guess a good question is, where do you even... Because now you've mentioned it, now I'm thinking about it. I don't even remember where I heard those songs the first time, mm-hmm. right? Like, assumingly just around the house, around, yeah. maybe went to church, maybe back in the day, hear a Christmas Out song Out stores, on the radio, wherever yeah, else. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like I you was sing, like... You sing them, well, because remember, too... We had a piano. Well, plus, when you're in grade school, you have those classes where everybody goes in yeah, and yeah, sings, yeah. and the music teacher, and you learn songs like that. Well, this sounds... It's easy to teach kids songs yeah. because it teaches kids... that Kids can learn a lot from learning simple songs. Well, again, sort of hokey, my sister Kelly is a, or I don't know where her chops are now, but when sure. we were growing up, she was an amazing piano player. Mm-hmm. And we had a piano in the house. Mm. It was not totally... I don't think I knew that. Oh, yeah. My sister mm. Kelly's an amazing piano player singer. I hope she still plays. I think she can. She's like me, right? I think she can still play. I don't mm. know how actively she's out there mm. doing... And she's like, I can still play a bit. I'm just not interested in finding out how bit that bit yeah. is right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh no, but she, you know, so I do remember as a kid, like, my mom making her do Christmas songs for mm. people and her kind of begrudgingly doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, my sister Karen played cello, so that was also sort of floating around the house when we were kids. So, yeah, you know what I mean, right. I think there were times like that. There oh, were... Do you think about the different times you could have started a band with your two sisters with a piano and a cello and we a could guitar? Have been, we could have been the new Making hand. weird, like, dark, oh, man. If I were 10 years younger, 10 years older, because mm. they were older than me, if I, mm. they were, if they... If it, you know what though? I would have had to be older and realize they were talented, just like Billie Eilish's brother did, mm. who was like, "Oh, she's the talented one. Mm. Let me let me start writing some tracks and co-opting this for myself." <laughs> I saw her late at night on that carpool karaoke show, mm-hmm. uh, like the other day. Weird. Just wasn't interesting. Strange interesting. Cat. Like they were going because they went to like the house and were talking to the mom. I don't think I realized a lot of that stuff. It was pretty interesting. I would recommend uh, watching it, even though I find James Corden to be a little. Yeah, he doesn't do much yeah, for I, me. It's just a little, like, fake. Like, you know that, like, this guy's not a super nice guy, but whatever. Anyway, no. go ahead. I have a couple quick uh, things that I wanted to do that were uh, odd stories that I want to get to because I thought they were funny. I thought this was really interesting. Kevin, yeah. a report came out this week. Mm. Uh, and it was about which cars have the most DUIs. Ooh. Which brand and type of cars. This is very fascinating. Mm. Car models with the most DUIs. Mm. Drivers per 1,000 with more than one DUI citations on their record. The national average is about 19 per 1,000 cars. Mm. Okay? The number one most drunk car. Mm. Again, I didn't make this up. The Dodge Ram 2500 Mm. has a 
47 out of 1,000 DUI citations compared to the national average, which is mm. 19. Mm. Uh, number two is the... Number two, <laughs> number two is the Chevy S10. So you're talking two big trucks right off the bat. Uh, false. Chevy S10 is a smaller, smaller truck. Smaller but truck. trucks, right? Pickup yeah, trucks. Yeah, pickup trucks. BMW 4 Series, number three. Oh, I'm surprised. See, I was... Rich I'm, guy car. I'm su- yeah, but I'm surprised that they're actually getting the DUIs. It's true. Audi A4 is next, which sort of falls in that same category. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah like. for sure. Dodge Dakota, weirdly. Pickup. Pickup. Subaru WRX. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, Wednesday nights, all little Super Yeah, Wars. boy. Definitely. Uh, BMW 7 Series, rich guys, don't give a shit. Nope. Uh, Ford Ranger, pickup truck. Mm-hmm. Pickup truck. Chevy Silverado, mm. pickup truck. Yes? Silverado? Yeah. Uh, and GMC Sierra, which is like... Uh, pickup truck. Pickup truck. Yeah, so. so pickup trucks and rich cars, and uh, one WRX. Those, <laughs> those are the drunkest cars in America. Boy, oh, boy. Any of those surprise you? No, um, I'm surprised. No, I, I am. I'm surprised that I would like to see the statistical analysis of if like cars that are other, if other makes up a larger category than any of these. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, well, so I'd be interested to look into some of the data like that. But I am a little bit surprised to see uh, some of those BMWs and stuff higher on the list, just because I feel like you're more likely to. Mm. A lot of people are more likely to get something tossed out or know a guy or call their uncle who's a lawyer or a judge or whatever. Uh, this article even mentions that the Subaru WRX is in a weird place. It may be due to the connection. It says, for example, the WRX is the vehicle with the most speed offending drivers. Oh, for sure. While being the third most accident prone vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're wondering which vehicles have the fewest DUIs issued at all, uh, it is the Toyota RAV4, the Hyundai Santa Fe. But this is the most what? The least okay. DUIs. Mm-hmm. Toyota RAV4, Hyundai Santa Fe, and Toyota Sienna. All yeah. at the bottom. Makes sense. Because they are boring. <laughs> and you don't get drunk driving in one of those cars. All right, so there you go. Don't get drunk and drive. It's dangerous, especially around the holidays. Yeah, really, yeah, really. Yeah, for sure. Especially, now, you know, we've got things like Uber. You know, your friends and family mm-hmm. aren't doing anything anyway. It's uh, just, yeah. You got you to gotta be careful and be safe out there, man. Uh, and then earlier this week, uh, my last one before we get into mailbag questions, uh, the Guardian readers put in their word of the year poll for 2020. And surprise, surprise, the Brits are funnier than us. The most frequent word of the year, 2020, was shit. <laughs> Number two was fucked at 208 and exhausting. Some of the other ones on here, challenging, unprecedented, clusterfuck, shit show, uh, shite, which must be, that's a colloquialism I'd imagine. Uh, so there you go. The Brits, they're a little on board. They know what's going on. Words of the year for 2020, according to the British. Mm. Shit, fucked, and exhausting. Well, they know. Sounds about Right. Okay, uh, let's do mailbag questions. Uh, we have to some... the mailbag, the special Christmas mailbag. Special Christmas mailbag, and I have to say, uh, two people spent most of these questions into us. So mm. shout out to Ken Smith and Mike Burke. Mm. Uh, I'll start off with Ken's questions. These are pretty straightforward, so we shouldn't take too long. I love it. Hit me. Number one, turkey joints. Why the obsession? Uh, I don't know. Eh, they're all right. I I've noticed with turkey joints, they'll sit in the house. Um. I will not eat them. Yeah. I'm sure I'll get some in like a week, by the way. Yeah. I will not eat them until there's nothing in the house. And then I'll go, there oh, is turkey, turkey joint. And then I'll have it and I'll go, yeah, this was okay. Yeah. And then I might have another one. And then that's it. <laughs> I feel like they're not super satisfying. Turkey joints are a novelty. Mm. It's one of those items that like people get. It's another thing where I think people are a little more, mm. it's not about. 
turkey joints are like an old athlete getting paid for what they've done in the past as opposed yes. to what their production is like now. Exactly. Like, people <laughs> remember turkey joints as this funky, weird thing. They had like their grandparents' house and they were a kid yeah. around the holidays. They come in a jar. They look weird. They're called turkey, but they're candy. Yeah. People hadn't gotten into the hazelnut and Nutella yet and all that kind of thing. So the hazelnut was exotic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, turkey joints, fu- it's fine. You know, they're fine. But not necessarily for me. No, that's fair. I hear that. Uh... Next question, why do we need other candy cane flavors than peppermint? It's an interesting question. I think for kids, my nephew and nieces don't give a shit about, like, peppermint candy canes, but you give them one of them stupid, like, Starburst or Jolly Rancher candy canes, they lose their mind. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that's, yeah, of course. Yeah. Who, you only want, so you're saying you would only, you only want peppermint candy canes for you? I don't dislike a peppermint candy cane. I like yeah, the yeah. variety. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna, here's the Same thing, reason right? the Starburst aren't, like, all cherry or... <laughs> Peppermint flavor for that matter. I'm glad you said that. When I was a kid, there used to be. This is super vague. Remember those candy canes that were like rainbow and tasted like cherry? They were sort of like. Mm-hmm. You'd see them like next to. Those are my favorite. Of course, as a kid. of course. So maybe I'm the problem. Am I the problem here? No, no. I, don't, I mean, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, also, I would say besides the fact that people like a variety of flavors, you know what I mean? That people mm-hmm. like all sorts of different things, and peppermint can be a little polarizing for some folks. Um, I think some of it does come down to the aesthetics too. Mm-hmm. Might be, you know what I mean? Like some people who put uh, candy canes on their tree or they use them as decoration, they use them as part of some sort of, you know, a design or a gift like that. People like to have the options of getting, you know, yellow and green and blue and whatever it is. And plus, kids love multicolored stuff. And at the end of the day, candy canes are, you know, for children. Like it's not, I haven't, did you know, you... candy canes show up around Christmas, but I'm not like out here buying candy canes, I feel like. Did you put candy canes on your tree oh, when yeah. you were a kid and did you eat them off the tree? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good shit. You leave them wrapped and you put them on leave the tree. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, you, never, some you never know. Sugary peppermint. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if I put them on, even our little crummy tree in here, if I put peppermint candy canes on them, I'll eat them. They'll mm. be gone before I, too long. Uh, all right, you are Santa. Which beverage and cookie would you prefer? Oh, I hate milk, so don't give me no milk. Mm. I guess coffee, right? If I'm going to be up all night delivering presents. <laughs> i got to be up all night. There's a billion people i got to mm. bring presents to. Uh... Yeah, I mean, beverage coffee would... For cookie, that's tough. There's a million cookies I like. Maybe mm. last night, I don't know, that gingerbread cookie I had last night got me shook mm. a little bit. It hit, there you go. It you hit bet, a little you're, different. You're in, you're in on gingerbread? Just right this minute, I think that one last night that I had really put me over the edge. I see. Uh, so maybe a cookie... How about, ooh, here's a real old man one. Give me a, a hot coffee and some ginger snaps. There's an old man take for mm. you. You like that one? How's mm. that? Kev, what about you? Um, so is the question beverage choice and cookie choice? Yeah, or if you're Santa, choice? so if what do you... Santa, I, we got to mix it up a little bit. I feel like we've got to develop a strategy where I go to this house, I get some coffee, <laughs> then we mix in some waters, and we have a little oh. Irish coffee, you know what I mean? A little bit of whiskey in the coffee. And then you have maybe, you know, a cup of tea. Uh, coffee would always be good. A cup of tea, something warm if you're out there. Uh, so you're trying to get drunk as Santa. You're like a Tim Allen type Santa here. Just like... I mean, I'm, <laughs> listen, I'm not saying we're going to get like, you know, Chevy Silverado drunk. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, Mike, a little RAV4. A little, little RAV4? No, yeah, you, it's it's Christmas mm, night. You're sure. going around outside. Christmas mm. is the time to be festive. You're outdoors doing work outside. You want to stay warm. It's just about mm. being safe. Yeah, you drink a little bit of whiskey if you're Santa on Christmas. You don't have to get drunk just because you had a drink. Uh, so thanks, Ken, for those questions. Uh, I got a couple questions here from uh, Cousin Joe. 
Mm, shout out to Cousin Joe. Classic, real-time human being. Another, another one that I know you guys will miss this Christmas, for sure. I'm really It's tough that their family Joe. can't come up. I am, I know. But that's, that is really a bummer, you know, all the family stuff. All the people that people can't see. <sighs> yeah. Shout out to everybody like, sitting at home listening to the show. Uh, this is not a Christmas question, but I appreciate it. Mm. What's the longest meeting you've ever been in? Meetings shouldn't take longer than 30 minutes. Oh, my God. Why does some meeting get changed? I, I mean, I, I don't think it's a knock. I remember when I was working at a, one of these prominent local restaurants, and we used to do once a month, we would do these, like, giant three-hour wine courses where we'd sit through and try all the wines and discuss them and break down all the stuff. And that's all fine and good. Yeah. If you're not working the shift that comes immediately afterwards, mm, yeah, yeah, we then it's yeah. a downer, right? Then you're like, this is unnecessary. I've been here for 12 hours. Like, I'd like to go home, please. Because mm. I can't even enjoy the buzz I'm going to get from this wine because i got to work for eight it hours works. afterwards, sure. right? No, I'm with you. I hate meetings. Especially uh, Zoom meetings have really brought this into the forefront. I don't think any meeting should be longer than an hour. I've ever. been in... I've been in... Um, I've worked, I've worked with a pretty outdated company before. With yeah. um, like meeting rooms and really sure. old-fashioned meeting styles. <laughs> I've been in so many meetings that don't need to be... Meetings that, that, sh- that could have been emails. Uh, meetings with, with no direction. And nobody really like calls it or knows mm. why it's even there. People just go. Meetings where you just sit for like hours and, yeah. and discuss nothing and get nothing done. I've been, in some, I've been in some terrible, some long, long meetings. That's always. I feel like that's always one of the things that if you're somebody who's got staff or you're somebody who has to call meetings or convene meetings for your work, really, really... You should always try to make sure you have a plan, what you're trying to accomplish, and you should always save it for when you can get a couple things done. Or just there's nothing worse than getting to a meeting and being like, "This could have just been an email." And have you ever sent it over? We could have been done. Have you ever had this experience where you? We used to do this at one of the jobs I worked at, where you'd have we had this big long training seminar, it was like six hours, mm-hmm. right? Six. I don't count that as like a meeting. We do like training seminar or class, a little bit. but every every year we would do it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and what would happen every time we would start the six hour training session? Mm-hmm. They'd be like, "Let's take a break." We would take a very quick break to eat, go back. And then when the next break came up, we would always ignore it. We'd be like, no, we don't want to take half an hour off. We don't Let's, need it. We I don't need it. it. Let's, push Let's it just go. Like, I do not want to take an extra half. I'd rather do it now and get out in half an hour earlier. Well, right? that's, that's how a lot of stuff is, too, where, um, you know, a lot of those kind of trainings and things, people are like, oh, it's going to be this long. It's never that long. It's never that long. Never that long. Uh, all right, uh, here's one that's really topical for us, actually. What are your thoughts on carolers, Christmas carolers? Oh, my God. Listen, if that was any of you people who listened to this <laughs> show last night, who assembled on our street, um, I applaud your spirit. Yes. I, I applaud your spirit. Yes, indeed. I'm glad you didn't come to the house, both Very because glad. coronavirus pandemic, all that stuff, and because also don't come to my house and sing. Mm-hmm. On like a random Sunday night when I'm hanging out, it's like six thirty. Like I, thank you. Yeah. It's very nice. Merry Christmas. Stay off my porch. I don't. I, maybe that makes me Scrooge. I really don't. know. No, I, I'm with you. I wanted to be more into it, but I was not. At don't all. do the little drummer boy. You don't sound good with nine people off key going. Pick something a little more joy, a little more snap. That's what I mean. Little kids, nobody wants a little drummer boy anymore. I have these. Why don't you give me some three-part harmonies on some Mariah Carey tracks out there if you really want to be about that action. That's what I think. Uh, And last but not least from Cousin Joe, what is the worst-looking yet best-tasting food? Worst-looking yet best-tasting food. Ooh. Uh, That's a great question. I could give you you three. Mm. I'll give you three off the top of my head. Mm. One, oatmeal. I don't think oatmeal tastes all that good, uh. but 
I like oatmeal, and it never looks appealing. I've never seen a bowl of oatmeal in public or out in, in the land that looked good. Like, roll up to some place and be like, oh, that looks like tasty oatmeal. Mm. Even if I enjoyed it. Yeah, you hit it with a little fruit, a little cinnamon. Uh, number two, Mexican pizza. Like a Taco Bell's Mexican pizza specifically. That, honestly, a lot of Mexican food as a whole, like you get a plate of refried beans. I've never seen a plate of refried yeah, yeah, beans yeah. look great. And then number three is chili. Mm. Chili, I love chili. But yeah. any of the foods that fall into like the slop genre. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like the any slop kind genre. Of, any kind of crackpot, uh, stew, chili type of thing. Absolutely. Um, anytime, on some of the, sometimes you get like some ice cream that's all chocolate and peanut butter. It mm-hmm. gets a little suspicious looking, get it all mm-hmm. mixed up. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's something, I know there's something that's going to jump oh, out Oh, uh, melted ice cream. This is I don't, soup. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm 100% with Ow. you. I've got no use for melted ice cream. <laughs> get it the fuck Even out. Even a small cone. <laughs> yes. This is another thing as I get older. When I go when I go for ice cream sometimes in the summer, now that I'm older, give me the small oh, cone. I've got no interest God. in some large giant cone. Dude, Don't I'm even, eat it. Dude, I'm even Don't worse. Eat it. I'm only a milkshake guy now. I'm like, you might as well just give me a milkshake. Oh, that's garbage. I love a vanilla milkshake. Well, yeah, so do I. Everybody loves a vanilla milkshake, Sam. This is America. But like... Smooth, delicious. It's not a mess. I don't have to spill it all over the ground. If it's hot out, it's nice and contained, nice and cool. They give you yeah, that big you styrofoam. you can't hit a milkshake with the dip. <laughs> I, you gotta so get I the went dip. To, I went to Bonomo's... I don't remember when it was. You know what the trick is with Bonomo's? They rotate the soft serve specialty flavors. Mm -hmm. Banana flavored, coffee flavored. Underrated. Yeah, all sorts of stuff. Uh, Thanks again to Cousin Joe. Let's get to our last three mailbag questions. These are from uh, GFOP Mike Burke. You may remember him. He's been on the show before. Go back and check out his episode. Mm. Uh, Last time, What's the last time you truly, quote unquote, decked the halls? I'm going to assume he means this question literally. Like, when's the last time we really went, I went out on a limb and really decorated? When's, like, the, when's the last time I lived somewhere with extemporaneous hallways only for <laughs> decorations? Out of my parents' house as a child. If I, yeah, if, I, if I'm reframing this question, is when's the last time you've really gone in on, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, decorating for Christmas? I would say probably not since Brooklyn. Because we would really, in Brooklyn, and we wouldn't really even go out for Brooklyn because a lot of us were going home. Right? Yeah, yeah. So probably before that, now that you think about it, God, yeah, probably my mom. My mom's house Never, is... yeah. My mom's house is a Christmas wonderland. It's so unreal. The thi- yeah, your 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 mother's house, it's literally better than walking into, like, uh, Old Wicker Mill or yeah, places like that. It's And always, to every season, like, you're in mean, every home it. they've ever had, it's always, like, the most you know, welcoming, warm place. They do a great job. I think part of Christmas is it becomes... If you don't... Like, at a certain age, the ages we've mm-hmm. been through, right? Like, you're a guy, you're going yeah. through your 20s or 30s, and, like, you're living... You know, if you don't have children, mm-hmm. and you're not, like, you know, trying... You're not, like, nesting. You know, you're not making a home. Yeah. Like, for yeah. me, I, I would love to decorate, and i love to decorate a space and do Christmas stuff and, and, and see the joy mm-hmm. in the other people. But it's not... It's never, like, for me directly. Like, I'm not the type to just decorate my home for Christmas so I can be the person in it. All I did was... You know what I mean? It's just a... I put the tree up because it was downstairs. It takes 10 minutes, and I was like, I gotta do something. Like, I feel like I do need to do something to necessitate Christmas time. Absolutely, something like that. But I'm saying, like, going nuts and getting into Christmas. You know what I mean? And that kind of stuff. Like, I know somebody very near and dear to me who decorates their apartment like crazy for every house. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And their house is a lovely Christmas winter wonderland right now because they're motivated to do it. I like to be in this space for me. And it's great, and it's awesome to be there, and it's nice to do that with that person and everything. But for me, myself, it's just never been something I've been hugely motivated to do as, like, an individual. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, all right. Uh, next question from Mike. Give us a book or show that saved you this year during mm. the pandemic. Oh, uh, I... It's tough. 
I haven't started that book you gave me yet, that hex book. I'm going to start it this week, I think. Oh, yeah, that's pretty I, cool. I, I just haven't sat down for Reading it yet. book I'm really enjoying right now. Um, in terms of shows, God, I feel like I... You know, I, am I the only person who didn't watch anything during the pandemic? I feel like I yeah. watched... Yeah. I feel like I am the only person you, who didn't... It's strangely, yeah. You have, I, I would have expected at some point during this whole pandemic you to bite off one of the great white whales of one of these days I'll watch X amount of properties, but you've avoided getting into a show. I gotta be honest. Since the PlayStation got yanked. Yes. I have been... It's not the same for me to scroll through the phone and then cast it. It's just not. I liked the... For sure. Well, because you, you're not sitting there with people going through the high yeah. look at this, look at this, look at that. Yeah, I, it's it's kind of ruined it for me. So unless there's something that I'm really, mm-hmm. like, want to watch. Like, I almost put on Endgame as a background while I was cleaning up a couple days ago. And even that, I was like, nah, fuck, I'll put something else on. Mm. Uh, so honestly, I would say it's probably some dumb YouTube nonsense. Like mm. some... Uh, oh, yeah, Binging with Babbage. I've been watching a lot of, like, YouTube, like, how to cook stuff yeah, around yeah. the house. That's been really nice this year, just, like... Mm. I feel like I'm trying to pay more attention to learn how to cook for myself. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That, there's, YouTube I've been, I've been trying to. I've been trying to recommit, move back to uh, more books. I've been trying yeah. to read. I've definitely read more books this year than I did uh, the year previously. And it's not like it was when we used to be younger and there were less distractions. There was no like mm-hmm. smartphone to go to bed with and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So you just read a book. Um, but so just trying to get back to books and like taking the time and slow down. I've got so many books and so many people give me books. And I'm always the type, if I see a book on the cheap somewhere, I'll pick mm-hmm. it up, even if I don't have immediate intentions to read it. Um, so it's nice to be able to get some time and dig through and remember what I love so much mm-hmm. about the actual reading. That's been something that's been really nice this year. And last but not least, uh, what's your best financial tip for next year? Best financial? Jeez, hold on to that 600. <laughs> Bro, yeah. Yeah, guard that 600 uh, with your life. This I, is not the show. We're not the show to come to for financial tips. I'll give you one. I'll give you one financial tip. I'll give you one, one, one. Pick something in your life that you spend money frivolously on and just mm. get rid of that one thing. Yeah. That one cool. dumb item, right? Like, mm-hmm. if I stopped drinking the one can of cola that I drink a day, I'd probably save $500 a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, it's just something dumb that you mm-hmm. don't need in your life anymore. Yeah, yeah. That you're probably spending, like, a mm-hmm. small or mediocre amount of money on that if you just cut it out of your life, you might save yourself money in the long run. Also, cancel some old streaming service you're not using anymore. Ooh, for sure. Another one of those. Those are another, two I got for good, you. Yeah, just avoid. Streamline. Yeah. Avoid, avoid adding... <laughs> always avoid adding any additional monthly fee or payment if you can. Yeah. You know, it's one thing if, if you're at your house and your refrigerator explodes, you got to buy a new one. The only way you can do that is on credit. Uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, the difference between... I have the money for it and I can afford it is is different, right? Yeah. Like, just yeah. because you can get $5,000, $10,000 line of credit doesn't mean you got to spend mm-hmm. that credit line. You know what I mean? Just be wary that we've learned this year that things are very unexpected. You never know what can happen, what might change. So, uh, you know, be wary of taking out a payment. You might be able to afford 500 bucks a month for that new, crazy, like, cool car right now. But just, you know, if you're mm-hmm. stretching yourself, always try to live within your means. Always, always try to live within your means. Thank you guys so much for the mailbag question. Shout out to Ken, mm-hmm. Mike, and Cousin Joe. You mm-hmm. guys are the best. Uh, and that's it. We've gotten to the end of our Christmas mm-hmm. episode. Uh, next week we'll do, I guess we'll do some sort of year-end. Yeah, yeah. I don't we'll know, do a little wrap-up. Sort of wrap wrap but uh, yeah, to all our great uh, listeners and supporters and GFOPs and all the folks who've been on the pod and yeah, everyone yeah. who's joined us all year. Thanks, Thank- Aaron Velarde, joining us today. Thanks to Aaron Velarde. Everyone mm-hmm. has been great. Thanks to Heather, who we miss dearly. Uh, we miss Heather dearly. Uh, before we go, again, I did put up the Uticast Christmas 2020 mm. uh, playlist. I guess for now, what I will do, mm. I will leave it public 
and I will leave it as collaborative. So if you oh, like cool. if you like a song on there or you want to add a song as a mm-hmm. listener, that's fine too. I do I do uh, reserve the right to remove songs that I hate. Yeah, trust the people. <laughs> trust the people. I will trust you. But if you put that goddamn Dominic the Christmas Donkey song on, I'm getting rid of it. You're the Italian, bud. Hey. What, what is, what's he saying the thing? It's like, jiggity jig, hee-haw, hee-haw. Terrible. Terrible. I want to throw up when I hear it. It used to, used to haunt me. All right, I'll give you one Christmas song that I have thought about off this list, and then we'll close up. Uh, I said White Christmas, Christmas by the Drifters, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, but I'll also say I found a Christmas song on here that I haven't heard in years. It's by Guster. Mm. It is called... Mamacita, Donde Esta Santa Claus? And I'm not joking. I fucking love this song. Mm. It's so good. I don't know why. I just dig it. I think I like a Mexican Christmas song. I like Feliz Navidad. I like a little Spanish Christmas vibe. Maybe that's the theme this year. Next year. Spanish Christmas. You love Spanish Christmas. I do love Spanish Christmas. Uh, all right. Any Christmas songs you want to highlight before we... Uh, man, I'll throw that Bruce Springsteen one in there. Yeah. The Merry Christmas Baby. Um, and then I'm trying to think. There's a couple that I, I'm not going to remember right now. Um... So yeah, I'm gonna throw that one on. We'll see what else comes on. We'll see. All right, folks. Uh, that is. I'm interested to see what everybody else puts on. So yeah. Go through everybody's Christmas music. I'm excited. Uh, all right, folks. That's it. Uh, you can follow us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify. What am I forgetting? SoundCloud, YouTube, all the different platforms. I don't Stitcher think Stitcher Hive. Stitcher Hive. Uh, that's it. Cyanar humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. Ho ho ho. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. Uh, The milk and cookies are by the fireplace, and we will see you next week for the last episode of 2020. Take care, folks. Merry Christmas. And happy Hanukkah and all the other stuff. the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. That it is, Edward. That it is indeed. <laughs>